Raising Cane's is bringing the party this Mardi Gras with tailgates full of cooked-to-order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea. Order online or in the app today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. Sign. And any second here, right about here, you're going to see Bill WD-40 jump in to lube us up for tonight's show because you always need to go in smooth for a nice interview show. You know, that's why we need that WD-40. And so if you watch there, he'll pop on in momentarily. Mr. Gray Owl, good to have you back. Marty Burback, thanks for coming on in. And I am Pam. No, I am Pam. I am Pam. I am Pam, damn it. All right, TMI, thank you for joining us. Stacy D, welcome to SOR Chat. La, 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 la. Bright, thank you for uh, kicking off the Super Chat tonight. The Super Chat is a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much, Lala, for kicking things off. We love you around here. Yeah, we do. Dry Toast, the best name on YouTube right there. And who else do we have? I am Pam. And uh, let's see, there's Science Bob. Cold Filtered on Twitter. How y'all doing? Yes, Dave is alien. My brother Eugene, thanks for coming on in. We are caught up for right now. We have 15 seconds. The Super Chat is open. Our store on our website is open for business as well. And don't forget, March 17th through 19th, Lorian Fenton's UFOCon 2023. I will be emceeing. Science Bob's going to be there. Many others. Get your tickets on the website today. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. And as usual at this time of the month, we bring in the SOR Roundtable where we talk about the month that was. No, we don't mess around with anything else except the topics du jour that really got our minds going the past 30 days. And man, what a 30 days it has been. It has really been another month of UFOs. It really has. You know what? Whatever happened to the paranormal world being somewhat interesting, or at least something happening in the cryptid world, no, we're not getting any of it. I don't know why it's just become blasé, shall we say. We got a great panel for you tonight from our UFO report. We have Tim Senor is with us. We have from After Hours... We have the Grantavius Maximus. From UFO Garage, little Benny Jenkins and his new cut hairstyle. 
the bearded wonder himself from the silver record, Danny Silva. Science Bob is here. And from UFOCon 2023, the lovely and talented and amazing Lorian Fenton. Now, I'm going to bring you guys all in here because it really has been a month of UFOs. We've seen a lot of positives. We've seen some negatives. And really, we've seen some giant question marks. Danny Silva, I'm going to start with you tonight on this one because you and I had, we were supposed to have a conversation last week. We could get our timelines going. But, I mean, there's a big story going around about this company out of nowhere called Enigma, Enigma Labs, that has all of a sudden, out of nowhere, become a million-dollar company and looks to be taking over a lot behind the scenes of ufology, especially when it comes to the government. Danny, what's your thoughts on Enigma Labs? I don't... You know, um, I know we talked about some things, Dave. I don't know if I'm uh, if I can speak publicly um, because I don't. I'm not informed um, correctly. Uh, there is some uh, people coming out, you know, thinking that there's red flags going on because their funding mechanism um, isn't being disclosed. Um, so I don't know. I'm in kind of wait and see mode right now. And I'm trying to get uh, more information going on because I just uh, I don't necessarily know what's going on um, over there. So uh, sorry for the non-answer on that one. Oh, hey, not a problem. You can only answer as honestly as as you can. And, you know, I'm going to hit you up with another uncomfortable question, though, right off the bat. You know, for so long, Danny, you know, the one thing about the UFO community is they've always been a little suspicious of of people coming in out of nowhere and kind of taking over you know, the work and, and the ideas of disclosure and everything, you know, we've seen it with many people and many companies, I mean, uh, over the last 20-some years. Do you think anybody trying to come in and, and really change the face of ufology is a healthy move? There was so much, uh, I felt like, unwarranted um, criticism of Bob Bigelow and uh and Osap when he was doing so much good i mean he he uh some mistakes as well there were some mistakes there obviously i think in relation to mufon and things like that however he really did a lot of good so i want to be careful of the um painting everything with the same picture now we always need to be uh you know wary of things and be asking questions and be demanding transparency so that's always warranted um, so I don't know. I'm in wait and see mode. I'm in wait and see mode with Arrow specifically, you know, since Elizondo left, um, the government, uh, I don't know what's been going on as much with the task force, things like that. I'm questioning some of the things they're doing. Um, and they haven't been super transparent. The UFO reports have been lackluster. Um, they've been positive, you know, movement at the same time they've been lackluster. So I'm, uh, somewhat critical of the government um, programs. We're happy they're there, and that's great. But um, since Elizondo left, I'm uh, I'm not just giving them, you know, uh, a blank check, basically. I, I want to see what they're doing, and they need to be sharing with us. Um, and that goes for everything, I think, moving forward from now on. And, and you know what? That's a big word right there, Ben Jenkins, as we bring you in from UFO Garage here. I mean, because... 
the big thing that we're hearing a lot of right now is where is the transparency? Where is it going? Why is the public not getting enough information about what's going on? I mean, you have your pulse on the on the, uh, the things that are going on. Is there a lot of transparency in ufology anymore, especially with those who say they have the answers but aren't willing to share them? Yeah, that's a hot button one, man. It's like a lot of the community uh, exists off of their sources and the sources that we do have, they're a lot, a lot of the times associated with the government. And so the question always resides in my head, are they, is this disinformation? Are they, are they still employed by the government? If, if they had worked for, for the military at one point, like, it's so hard to know what is true and what is false, man. It's so tough. I, I think the question that has not been answered or addressed, I think it's been a huge distraction, is that uh, there's millions of people out there that claim to have been physically and mentally harmed by abductions. That's that's not been talked about, man, in any of these reports. We're, we're focusing on these things that we could prove via data and uh you know, I, I always side with the people and their their stories. So I think that's that's what's not been talked about yet. Excellent, excellent. Science Bob, let's bring you in here because I know you have your feet on both sides of the ledger here when it comes to ufology and the government side being former CIA that you are. How about you? I mean, what are you seeing about this Enigma Labs and the way all of a sudden ufology has gone over the last number of months? I'm deeply disturbed by... Uh some of the stuff around Enigma Labs. I don't understand how they got through the door. I don't understand why Peter Thiel is all that interested in UFOs. Uh, I just, I'm not quite, I'm, I'm like Danny. I just feel like I'm adrift without sufficient information to go except to say WTF. What's got you concerned? What's peaking? I, I what's picking your I butt? Don't know, I I don't know what Peter Thiel's motivations are. I don't know what Enigma's job is. I I I am told, I am told, and this is rumor, right? Told that Mufon's going to flow all of its data through Enigma. Uh, and who gave them permission to use people's data? Uh, the, in that way. I mean, people trusted you move on with their data. Why did why, I, I guess I guess it went to the government before through Bigelow. Why why change now? But I don't understand what the, what role Enigma will play. And no one is at Enigma, a private company, is being told what will be done. No one. Is- Four juicy raisin canes, chicken fingers, Texas toast, fries, coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. One love, ready to go. Raisin canes, chicken fingers, one love. <laughs> Four juicy raisin canes, chicken fingers, garlicky butter, Texas toast, crispy crinkle cut fries, fresh coleslaw, and the secret. Cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. We take pride in making the best chicken finger meals. One love, ready to go. And you can taste it in every bite. Raisin Cane's chicken fingers, one love. <laughs> 
Enigma is telling the people who gave their data to MUFON what, they, what will be done with their data. Why isn't this unethical? It's at least unethical. I just, I'm, I'm lost, Dave. I'm just going to be honest with you. I am at a loss for words for once. All right. I want to bring in Lorian Fenton. She is the creator of UFOCon. I have spoken at this event three times. I will be MC on March 17th through 19th uh, this year. You can get your tickets at UFOCon. Pardon me. UFOCon2023.com. And uh, we want to see you all down there. Lorian, you are also a longtime member of MUFON here. You know, yeah, and- I, I'm currently a director of MUFON, you know, a section director. And I held meetings once a month. And uh, I, I, I can concur with Bob on this. But there is one part to this that everybody's forgetting. When you give your, your data to MUFON, if you make a report, it becomes part of MUFON. It's not yours anymore. And what MUFON wants to do with it, I think it's fine that they're giving it to other people to examine because the cases are extraordinary. And when Bob Bigelow got a hold of them, I never had a problem with it because how else are uh, um, Colm Kelleher, Hal Putoff, Kit Green, Eric Davis and those guys supposed to get information? I mean, at least with MUFON, you have it, it's contained. The right questions have been asked you at least have some data to work with, okay? And then if your data falls into the categories of what you're studying and trying to figure out, you can go directly to the person that saw it and MUFON can go representing MUFON and say, we have some scientists studying this stuff and we're giving them the information. Are you okay with that? Which is what they always did. They never walked in anybody's door, excuse me, and said, we're going to take this information and clandestinely give it to, you know, who, whatever. And uh, they always were pretty open about that. We're studying this and we have a group of scientists studying this. And would you like to have your brain analyzed by a guy named Kit Green? You know, um, I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. And they are a nonprofit, so they can... You know, when I have a nonprofit, if I want to sell my information to somebody who wants it, if I'm a data gathering nonprofit, all the better. I think it's good that they're sharing it. But I'm not sure about Enigma. See, I'm with Bob on that part. Who are these guys? What are they doing with the information and whatever? We all knew what Bigelow was doing with it. We all knew he funded Art Bell. We knew he funded Linda Moulton Howe. We knew he was gathering information. Okay? So... I don't have a problem with it I, on that level. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to play the bad guy here because I'm always okay. the, I'm always the good guy with you. <laughs> but I'm going to play the bad guy here because most people like myself, when we look back at the reasons why MUFON was originally formed back in in twenty or make that nineteen sixties or whatever nineteen sixty nine. They were. Their entire premise of this was to be the voice of the people with a subject because they weren't getting uh, the the information that they wanted out of the U.S. government at the, and the military at that time. And they wanted to be a public voice for the public who had these experiences. Fast forward to today where, you know, you go back to the Bob Bigelow subject, you go back to the uh, the potential working relationship now with Enigma, 
And I understand what you're saying, that MUFON owns those reports. The minute you give a report, they own them. I get that, and I can appreciate that. But my concern and many others' concerns, even current state directors' concerns, is why are we selling out to the government? The government doesn't need to know what, what we have. I agree with you on that part. That's See, I don't know who this Enigma group is. We don't have any bios on their website. We don't know who they are. We don't know who they're selling the information they're getting from MUFON to. I think MUFON should actually do a FOIA request or whatever they need to do to find out if these guys got a, 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 a you know, an art, a, you know, request for proposal and put in some kind of, um, you know, a job description and got funding from the government already. I mean, we need to find out who they are and how, and Bob, how do we go about finding out who they are? So that's, that's the, and how are, how, what mechanism was used to fund them? Why, why it looks like an unsolicited uh, bid was made and accepted, or the government reached out to a contractor and it didn't go through the normal processes. The, See, the, that's what the, I'm the, thinking. The, the Congress of the United States is authorized uh, DNI to spend some money. So, but but look, I I so part of my confusion is I can't figure out the vehicle that put Enigma in the in the parade mm-hmm. from the money Congress has given to DNI to spend on UFOs. I mean, I, I don't understand so. Those many questions that I, I, I looked, there is no solicitation on, uh, on, on the regular federal website for a contract to work for Arrow or DNI on, on UAP. There is no solicitation. So somewhere in the National Defense Authorization Act, there has to have been something said that allows the ODNI to wave a magic wand and suddenly give money to a, a company that was not put out for bid. Why, did, why is Enigma suddenly allowed a sole source contract? Why? I don't understand any of this. Sole source contracts, they're a pain in the butt to get. I mean, I, 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 I worked for a long time to get a sole source contract. And I did because of the utterly unique thing we did. No one else in the business was doing it. And that's Hawkeye 360. Okay, so I'm just telling you, it is, it is hard to get a sole source contract, and I can't find a solicitation. I can't understand the mechanism. I don't understand how it happened. It's all really weird to me. I want to bring in... Uh... Our UFO report guy, Tim Senor, here for a minute because we have been studying this on the show the past week and a half. Tim, after everything you have heard over the last week and a half, you know, are are you what or what is your overall opinion now of Enigma? Is it still an Enigma or is it a lot clearer? I think it's going to get more clear as we get more information. They still haven't publicly come out and talked about funding or personnel or anything like that. And their website, even though it is beautiful, it doesn't have a lot of information. And so we only have a few bits of information. For example, from General Aviation News, 
they came out with a brief description. And within that, they just say that it's an independent private technology company building an empirical and reliable network of UAP sightings to support aviators and researchers. So by the sounds of it, they're trying to make information available. However, I think it's pretty obvious that this is a time when data is out there and it's very soon going to be up for sale for, you know, it's in some level. And so whoever holds this data um, is going to basically be able to write their own paycheck. And so it looks like potentially we're seeing these companies scrambling to come out as perhaps that one-stop shop for Arrow to look to when it comes to this topic and the collection of information that it has from the public, which I think is massively dangerous because anytime it's a data for sale, you're looking for potential polarization on the information and it's not a safe place for a topic that like this, where the truth is already so mired in conspiracy. Grantavius Maximus from our after hours show. Let's get you in here as we got about four and a half minutes to go before we take a break at the bottom of the hour, your thoughts, Enigma. You know, when I sat there and first heard of Enigma, I, I still, just like everybody has their reservations when it comes to a platform like this. You know, I agree with Bob. How did they get into the parade, so to speak? And what is their agenda? I mean, you can sit there and say, yes, we want to try to streamline the ability to have everybody's story get out there analog and, put a computer system, whether to use an AI or whatever the case may be to get it out there with transparency, you know, that would be great, but you know, what's the ulterior motives? I'm just going to stand back and watch and wait and see what happens. And maybe later down the line, I'll have a little bit better answer for you at that point. Well, I think for me, uh, when I look at this, we know Peter Thiel, who is one of the co-creators of PayPal as well as one of the earliest investors into Facebook. He's worth about 5 to $8 billion, so he has the money to put into it. We also know from sources that he has put at least at minimum $5 million into starting Enigma by a lady named Alex Smith, which is a pseudonym or a cover-up name for Alice, uh, what, Alice George. And her great-grandfather or grandfather was the former prime minister of the United Kingdom. And so there is a lot of ties there towards unidentified flying objects. And then when we add to the fact that Peter Thiel... Four juicy Raising Cane's chicken fingers, Texas toast, fries, coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. One love, ready to go. Raising Cane's chicken fingers... One love. Four juicy Raisin Cane's chicken fingers. Garlicky buttered Texas toast. Crispy crinkle cut fries. Fresh coleslaw. And the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. We take pride in making the best chicken finger meals. One love, ready to go. And you can taste it in every bite. Raisin Cane's chicken fingers. One love has a number of government contracts and many speculate that he, through his donations, has really helped a lot of people get elected, that his interest in this subject 
has really, really moved this, the ball forward in getting any potential contract done. Now, how much influence does he have? I don't know. I think that's a big secret, much like a lot of what Bob Bigelow did was a big secret. You know, so I think, you know, the only thing we really do know is that Enigma, the only real employee that they have right now is Alejandro Rojas, okay, who is also the PR guy for the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies. And when he started tweeting on the Enigma uh, Twitter account the other day, a couple of us, including myself, questioned because they said they were independent and non-government related. But in the next sentence, they said that they were working on uh, working with NASA and Arrow. And a few of us brought up that contradiction and the irony of it. He started erasing tweets. He started erasing tweets. I don't think that's a good social media start for a company that is going to be having this kind of of potential effect on the UFO field. And, you know, Tim, I'll bring you in here quickly as we've got about 90 seconds. You and I have discussed this uh, momentously over the last two weeks here. I don't see a reason for people in ufology right now without hitting the panic button to feel comfortable. Yeah, there are a lot of red flags. And I think the reason that we're seeing them is simply that they're coming out of nowhere and making some pretty grandiose claims as to what they're wanting to, you know, have as a representation in the field. And if it is, you know, collectively going to be taking on the reports from not only the public, but our aviation and potentially military as well, that's a lot of responsibility. And if Arrow is depending on them solely, then who knows how that information is actually going to be interpreted. And, you know, are they, the experiencers true story is going to get played out in this interpretation. And again, I feel like the big red flag is that there's no public oversight. There's no watchdog. How do we know what's going on? We don't, it's all still very secretive. And again, it's pay for play. You have to have a membership to be able to see the full reports as you do with MUFON, understandably, but again, it's a red flag. And I personally wouldn't be the first person to put my highly sensitive information on that website. And on that note, we're going to get you guys to sit back, relax for a couple of minutes while we go to break here at the bottom of the hour. It's the SOR roundtable. We do it near the end of each month. Looking at the month that was, we are joined by UFOCon 2023's Lorian Fett, UFO Reports, Tim Senor, Danny Silva from the Silver Report, or the record, pardon me, from UFO Garage, Little Benny Jenkins, and SOR Scientist Science Bob, and Grant from the After Hours Show. We'll be back right after this. Woo! Nice start, people. Hey, that was a half hour. That was fast. <laughs> that was fast. That was I mean, look, this was serious. We talked seriously. We talked. Oh, yeah. Look, there's well, some. You know what? I, I can't figure out. What I was going to say, you guys, is I cannot figure out why in the hell MUFON was even going to deal with these guys because here's the rub. When uh, Tom DeLong went to them and said, I'm going to give you like, you know, $400,000 for your data, they turned him down. Also, free uh, turned them down. Lorian, hold on to this because our next segment is going to be about MUFON. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you got to remember, Lauren. There is a wholly different context because you have a new head at Mufon, and one guy is calling all the shots. Yeah. You mean Dave? Yeah, he's calling yeah. every shot. Yeah. No, nothing happens in Mufon that he does not okay. Well, that's true. It's always been like that, though. You know, it really has. I the board is. I think they're just, you know, what I want to call old guy eye candy. Yeah, yeah, I'll be back. I'm going to grab some coffee. Yeah. Random guy is here. Random guy. Yep. Our resident random guy. There he is. There's Top Gun Maverick coming on in. How you doing, Mav? Danny, the beard. You got some strong beard game going on there, bud. Little gristle at the bottom. That's nice. How you been, bud? Yeah, man. I've been all right. It's been a uh, it's been a rough day for world news, national news, but it's good to uh, come in here and talk about fun UFO stuff. What did I miss? Well, you know the uh, the police brutality video. Middle East is a mess as usual. Um, just world news and national. Yeah, it's uh, been I, a rough day. I think in America today. I haven't even seen what's going on. I was been so busy today. I, I try and stay up to date. Well, it's real bad right now. Everyone is, uh, there's been a lot of protests tonight and uh, a lot of bad things. But well, That's um, terrible. Hey, UFOs are fun and it's a great escape. No kidding. And UFO Twitter always has drama too. There's a lot of uh, people knocking um, Jeremy and uh, George for uh, basically Everything. being the best reporters possible over the last few years. So, um, I don't like that too much either, but that's just UFO stuff. Lorianne, what's up? I haven't talked to you in a long time. What's up? Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> Every day's a challenge, man. When you're in ufology and you live it, I mean, it's just, you know, it's insane. I love my hobby, though. JFK's my hobby. <laughs> When's that book coming out? I'm ready. Uh, but you know, it's interesting. Um, and I need, I owe you a phone call because I was going to tell you about this. Um, we actually got the studio built, so we're, we're working on it. So you're going to be involved soon. I just, it took forever and, uh, it's a long story, but, um, we're finally, uh, we're on the home stretch. Okay. That's exciting. And, uh, and, oh, I'm part of a new JFK book called Killing Kennedy by Jack Roth. And, uh, so that's been fun. That was like the highlight of my year. <laughs> so Heck yeah. that's I liked your perspective on Mufon and Bigelow. That was, that was cool. I, Cause, uh, I feel like Bigelow always had his heart in the right place. And there's been a lot of people knocking the Bigelow Mufon situation. Yeah, I don't know why. I honest to God, you know, I shook Bigelow's hand and done the tour of his whole facility back when he was running it, and I never had a problem with Bigelow. You know, the people that have a problem with Bigelow are the people that work for him. Um, because I I can't go into detail, but I know horror stories about working for Bigelow, and uh, he's a very demanding and very um, he knows what he wants. You know, and he's paying you good money to find it for him. <laughs> and he never lets you know, forget that, you know, <laughs> anyhow. But uh, I think he's a wonderful man. I, you know, how many other people do we know in this community that say, here, have millions of dollars and I want to find out about UFOs and ghosts and, you know, everything, consciousness. Yeah, I want to, I want to be his friend. Yeah. I'd like to be his friend. 
I would. Yeah, think. I'd give anything to mm-hmm. have that support. Mm-hmm. But you got to be really smart to be hanging out with Bob Bigelow. I mean, that's it's way beyond. I mean, he, his friends are Hal Putoff, Kit Green, Eric Davis, a Colm Kelleher, which I think is the most premier genius scientist in all ufology. He's so overlooked because he just hides in the shadows, but the guy's like a, a complete genius. Hold on, guys. We got about fifteen seconds. I want to say a big thank you to La La Bob, Obi, Flett, Greg, Maggie, Lily Pond, Times Two, and Dutch Hank for the super chats and Bigfoot Rob as well. Thank you so much, my friends. It supports what we do here on a nightly basis. Here we go. With the second half hour. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with our roundtable panel from UFOCon 2023, Lorian Fenton. Yeah, you can get tickets right now on our website, UFOCon2023.com. I will be there. I will be there in San Francisco. Come join us. May make that March 17th through 19th from the UFO report here on SOR. We have Tim Senor, little Benny Jenkins from UFO garage from the silver record. Great journalism and blogs by Danny Silva and Grant Baker from the after hour show. Science Bob is hanging around somewhere. I think he's grabbing himself uh, a glass of wine and maybe some of that fancy cheese that he likes, but we're going to get right into MUFON here because one of the big questions about MUFON is a great debate, and many members of MUFON right now are up in the air with what this group is doing. For over 50 years, MUFON has claimed to be the eyes and ears of the public when it comes to UFOs. After projects like Project Blue Book were really... Four juicy Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, Texas Toast, Fries, Coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. One love, ready to go. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs> Raising Cane's is bringing the party this Mardi Gras with tailgates full of cooked-to-order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea. Order online or in the app today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs> Calling UFOs swamp gas or Venus or hot air balloons, whatever it may be, anything but UFOs. But over the years, MUFON, in my opinion, hasn't had the best press. They haven't had a good PR person to really steer them down the road in order to help get their message out to the public, especially the last five years where they've gone through their own drama, as well as kind of been ignored through the whole mainstream media. Well, now we're hearing that the executive director, David McDonald, has been meeting in Washington, D.C. with members of Arrow, which is the UFO 
group that is going to be taking over the study of unidentified aerial phenomena. A lot of members of MUFON not happy about this. So let's start with you, Grant, on this. And, Lorian, I'm, I'm saving you here uh, for a minute. Grant, in your opinion, should MUFON be teaming up with the government for anything right now or any group, Ooh. private group? Because aren't they supposed to be the voice of the people? I. That's a loaded question. <laughs> when it comes down to, yes, they should be the voice of the people. They're the ones that have been around for ages, and there's a, they're in the press. People know who they are. They have been getting bad PR lately, but you know they get a lot of people that are in there that do call them on a daily basis globally. So do should they get involved with the government? In, in my particular opinion, no. They, you're, you're talking about an entity that has been notorious for the last 75 years that we know of for hiding information, not telling the people the truth. And if you're getting bad PR press already, that's the last thing you want is to go into the one entity that's already been outed for hiding all this from us. And now they want to slowly dole it out and, and just kind of, it just doesn't make sense to me. No. I don't the only, think the only thing that makes sense to me in all this is, they are still desperately trying to not have to admit to the civil and legal uh, problems they caused from 1947, 45, 47 through the late through the Eisenhower administration. I just and then the Church Committee came along and changed everything during Nixon. So, uh, but things really, really have changed. But. They don't want to have to admit going out and putting guns in the face of farmers in New Mexico and threatening their lives and telling them they were going to haul them off to the desert and kill them. I mean, they don't want to have to deal with that. It will never end if they start admitting. But here's the thing. Dave McDonald put out on the MUFON letterhead saying that 2023 was going to be a busy year. And and he even put out a letter that was talked about MUFON regarding Arrowhead, uh, Arrowhead, not the head of an arrow, but the head of the arrow program, Sean Kirkpatrick, who happens, by the way, to allegedly have a close relationship with Peter Thiel of Enigma. Okay, puts out that they were meeting with them about wanting to be the civilian reports of the arrow program. Now, if Arrow is already in bed with Enigma, who is collecting their own or wants to collect their own reports, doesn't that mean that every public report or has the potential to fall into another private company's hands like Enigma? Lorian, let's get your opinion. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody has the ability to sell their data to anybody they want. I mean... And MUFON technically could not become part of Enigma unless they merged as uh, they'd have to stop being a nonprofit, right, Bob? And I think no. they'd have to. No. 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 Could they no, no. be. A, they, a, a, a corporation can have a nonprofit on, but it's oh, a wholly okay. owned nonprofit subsidiary. That's interesting. I thought it had to be a foundation. A nonprofit can have a for-profit subsidiary to fund the nonprofit's activities. Correct, correct. Yeah, but I thought they had to become a foundation at that point. Oh, I'm sorry. Found, you're correct. 
Yes. You're correct. They have to become yeah. a especially if they're giving out brands. That's right. Absolutely. I, I, know so, that, I know that because I was on. The, I was director of ARDC, which was a which was a nonprofit. When we start got money and started giving out grants, we became a foundation. Correct, and you have to. And, and, that, and the only reason I know all this is I've been running nonprofits for over forty years, and I'm a bookkeeper and all that stuff too. So yeah, I it, you just kind of have to do that. But having said that, that means MUFON would not be what it is now. It wouldn't be a membership chapter organization with all the people involved, and it'd just be very different. And and what's the point of even doing that, right, Dave? I mean, well, I can't even imagine why you'd bother. Well, here's the here's what I'm reading and hearing in the public is right now it's about trust. Who do you trust? Why would you trust MUFON mm-hmm. if, if your information is going to go straight to the government or a government contractor? And it even, already is. And well, you you may know that, <laughs> and many others may know that, but for the public perception, the public does not. Okay, and and to me. I see even talking to MUFON members the last week, there is a real distrust going on because people have to understand MUFON is a very segregated group. The board of directors who are up above, they they don't give a care about their state directors. They don't care about the hundreds of investigators that they have who are paying to be boots on ground investigators. And when those people down near the bottom aren't trusting what the board of directors is doing, that can only lead to a big blowout. That's been a huge problem for a very long time. And, you know, every chapter director like myself has to wrestle with this. Every state director wrestles with this. What it really comes down to is how much are you committed to sharing and working for MUFON to give them that information that we know at some point may end up with the government, may end up in a book, may end up in a movie, and it's your story, and you know it's the person that you're taking that investigation, their story, and you just kind of, you know, you get to a point where you grapple with it. I mean, I've, I've had so many director friends that have quit, come back, and quit, and come back, because they've been there forever, and you know, and I think they're the best example of what an organization can do without, you know, um, really being blatant about the fact that they're like Bob Bigelow. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's very interesting. Their their whole dynamic is very interesting to me. Okay, I want to get in. We only got Ben and Danny until the top of the hour, so I'm going to really focus on uh, them right now. But uh, Danny. If you were an eyewitness to a UFO encounter and you really knew nothing about the UFO field, would you feel comfortable in giving your information to MUFON now, knowing that they are trying to get into the government game instead of being the watchdog for people? I think there needs to be, if there isn't already, and I'm uh, you know not informed about um, a lot of the procedures and things like that, but if there isn't already, there needs to be some sort of... Uh, disclosure given at the beginning where their information can be shared and maybe they already have that. Um, but if they don't, that needs to be added. Um, the glass half full situation. And I'm looking at this just from a total boiled down outside look on this. Um, so there's two ways to look at these things. One, um, you know, it's an invasion of privacy and all the red flags that have been discussed on the show already Two, uh, it's a good thing that, 
they're kind of where people are trying to put together all of our best resources. So it's not necessarily always bad, I think, if MUFON teams with the government or the government uses MUFON if they're moving the ball down the field in that way. So I think there's two different distinct ways to look at it here. And I'm a, a little bit ignorant um, of the whole um, situation. But so in that regard, I'm not mad at everyone trying to get the best resources together to um, help the subject. Now, of course, if there's nefarious sides to it, then that's a bad thing. And that I guess that remains to be seen. Ben, knowing that this is happening, as we've just talked about for the last few minutes, my question to you is, is it time or let me rephrase that. Who is the public's UFO watchdog now? Because MUFON had the perfect situation to be ufology's watchdog over the last five years, literally since the To the Stars Academy came out and everything started exploding into this giant world news story. But if they're getting into the game with Arrow and the government and potentially Enigma, who's watching out for the people? You're on mute, my friend. You muted your mic. Sorry. Ourselves. We're our own watchdogs, man. It's, it's, it's the wild, wild west. We have to practice discernment in every possible aspect. I mean, th- this topic has uh, been a part of our culture for over a hundred years that we know th- that we, uh, ever since photography and videography has been available to us. Like, I don't think we need some oversight. I think we, we all just need to accept, like, if you want your information out there, if you want to talk about your experience and get that out there, yeah, go ahead and talk about it. If you want legal repercussion, I, I don't think you're going to get that until it's it's acknowledged in a government way. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we tested some stuff on. Raising Cane's is bringing the party this Mardi Gras with tailgates full of cooked-to-order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea. Order online or in the app today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. (laughs) Raising Cane's wants to help you get extra saucy this Mardi Gras. Stop by Cane's and pick up a doubloon for just $1. Then present the doubloon on all of your visits through April 6th for a free Cane's sauce with any purchase. Let the sauce and good times roll. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. <laughs> the balloons available to purchase one twenty three twenty three through two twenty one twenty three. Redemption of offer valid one twenty three twenty three to four six twenty three at participating restaurants while supplies last. Limit one extra cane sauce with purchase per day. Some people and I don't think we'll ever get that. But uh, as far as like a watchdog kind of situation, now it's I think it's the wild wild west. I think MUFON at a certain point uh, served a really great purpose. There were some ups and downs, right? I don't know a lot about MUFON. Um, but I think right now it's, it's, it's so open. You can go and talk about your experience on multiple podcasts if you want to, or just, uh, your community, uh, locally. Um, but I think we're moving into this new sector where like, man, there's, there's just so much information out there that we kind of have to be our own watchdogs. Um, uh, that's, that's kind of my, can, uh, can we be on. though? Can we fairly be our own watchdogs grant? That would be something difficult to do. I mean, we can only watch ourselves, you know, in, as individuals. When it comes to other people, I mean, 
you, you can't stop what they're going to do. <clears throat> so when it, if you see a UFO, you want to call, let's say you just jump on lines for somebody that doesn't know any better, and they see two places, Enigma, MUFON. Okay, who do I tell this to? Yeah, most likely they're going to talk to friends. There's, it's, they're destigmatizing the phenomenon as we speak. That's the reason why they came out with the new acronym. Instead of UFO, it's something else now, which they've changed a couple times. And they're just trying to destigmatize it. So now a lot of people are coming out with it. But when it comes to giving your information away and who the watchdogs are going to be on, how it's used, where it's going to be sent to, that's that's a really tough one. Realistically, we're only going to be able to you know, govern ourselves as people personally. I, I can't tell my neighbor what to do in that particular sense. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are still trying to figure out what they're trying to do and what they're trying to figure out. Tim, for you, as we bring you in here, you know, I don't know how you feel about it. I know how I feel about it. And I don't feel comfortable telling our our listeners to go run to MUFON now and report your UFOs because it's become, in my opinion, a political game. Where do you stand? Right. Well, I I guess the more I know, I'm starting to realize that there's layers of it, right? There's layers of MUFON. And I, when I had my sighting in 2019, ran to MUFON for support, and they delivered on a, on my state director's level and on the investigator's level. They were there to support. And so I feel that MUFON represents the witnesses uh, well. And so I personally will always support them. And when I reported, I knew that my information was going to go out to the public. And I knew that my photographs were going to go out to the public. Did I care if MUFON benefited in any way? No, because you know what? They need to support themselves within. And I believe that if we were to have a public watchdog group, why not have it be MUFON and its experience? trained and experienced investigators represent the Be- witnesses because you have to make a commitment to the people tim and they're not making i feel a like mufon does well do they so the people that well so the people i'm just explaining from my perspective my experience with mufon was very recent in 2019 and it was good i had a good experience and i've met the people in person since and they changed my life in a beneficial way so yeah i I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And I'll tell you why. And if you don't mind me butting in Please here. Please do. Please do. But I, I run a MUFON group every month and people come to me all the time and say, thank God you're here. You know, I have somewhere to go to talk to this with other people. We call it family night. Every every time my MUFON meeting's over, there's 30 of us at dinner together yakking about all of our stuff. And yeah. that's what MUFON really is. And that's why we all come and go with MUFON, how we love it, we hate it. You know, yeah. it's really not about what the, the higher echelon of MUFON is doing with stuff, because I don't care. At that point, it doesn't matter. It's what I'm doing as a state director, section director, director meeting people every month and helping them out i have people call me on the phone and become lifelong friends yes. i mean it's just it's amazing you know that's really the, i mean that's, that's the, the heart that's and soul of MUFON. 
and, that, and that's the part that's important. But, but I feel like it's that upper echelon that's bingo. selling out that is dangerous. Exactly. Bingo. And you and Dave are right about that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Bingo. Bingo. And, and, but, and uh, but unfortunately, it's going to be the investigators, the boots on the ground people, and the state directors who are working their tails off. Okay, who are going to be the people kicked to the curb and the ones who are stepped on. And realistically, it wouldn't surprise me right now, Danny Silva, if a bunch of state directors, because I'm hearing a lot of state directors are very concerned, upset and confused about what's going on. But I'm starting to hear that some state directors were even talking about potentially, you know, writing letters to the board saying, hey, if you guys are doing this with Arrow, we may call for your resignation as board members. What do you think? When- and I've been to, yes, sir. And I've been to a couple um, MUFON meetings locally out here in Dallas, actually. And I think that is the, where MUFON excels is it's almost like a support group. Um, I do, I guess, have a, a glass half empty uh, perspective on some of this as well. Um, you know, uh, when you report your uh, sighting, um a lot of experiencers expect something to be done with it and uh, the report that is. And um, unless there's like some really hard evidence or something like that, it kind of just goes out into ether and nothing happens. Right. So it's really just the uh, support group aspect. That's the most important. I mean, you can say, I want to report my sighting. I mean, I've never really heard of anything coming from any of those unless it was some huge sighting or materials were left or something. Um, other than that, you're just reporting it basically for no reason. But the local groups for MUFON, and honestly, you don't have to be associated with MUFON to do those local meetings. You can run those meetings on your own accord and meet with people, um, put it out on Facebook locally, and you can meet with people and get that moral support and those dinners. And those dinners are a lot of fun with MUFON people and getting to talk to people in, your, in person about UFOs instead of on the Internet and people with, uh, that are like-minded. And that's really great. But as far as reporting UFOs, quote unquote, unless there's something really that stands out to it, um, to me, there's really nothing that comes of it. And maybe some guys are crunching some data somewhere uh, to try to get, you know, some facts going with that kind of thing. But other than that, I don't know what reporting UFOs does. And that's my glass half empty. I got to I got to object to that last statement about it not going anywhere or doing any good. I think it does a lot of good. And I'll tell you why. Cheryl Costa would never have been able to develop her books without that data. And it's the beginning of what I call finding data points. Because, you know, Bob Bigelow found data points, but we don't know about them. The great thing about MUFON is they're willing to share with Cheryl. They're willing to share with other people. They're, they shared with free to be able to find data points that work for those people and their agenda to get information out to us. And they are willing to share. So I think their data points, maybe they're obscure. Maybe I make my uh, citing report and no one hears about it ever and who cares, right? But somebody is taking that data and using it to solve a problem within the understanding of UFOs. And I think that's super important to me. Or scamming their agendas for like free. I'm sorry. Or or they're skewing it to to, like you said for their agenda though, like free. Well, there is that. I mean, everybody has their own. See, I 
the free um, analysis of their data was very different than how MUFON does it. Obviously, they're coming from two different points of view. One's experiencers, one's UFOs, you know. So, um, I don't know. Maybe I used the wrong example. No, but. no, you're, you're 100% right, though, and I get that, the, the number crunching on that other side. I think oftentimes, though, the experiencer um, is, is looking for more than that. But, no, I get it. You're right. It goes into uh, for the crunching data, and that's cool. Um, but it isn't like it gets followed up on with the experiencer necessarily. Or I agree with you on that. that. That's yeah. the part where I've had arguments with the board, literally, about the fact that, okay, so someone comes and, you know, gives you a report, and then six months later they see their their story on your TV show. Remember back when they had their show? Um, got it, Hangar 1 or Hangar, Hangar 3? Yeah, thank you. I can't remember what it was. But um, anyhow, people would be saying, oh, that was my story, and no one even told me they were doing it, you know, that kind of thing. So that was kind of nuts. I, I couldn't believe they were doing that. They should have told those people, asked their permission, and, you know, really gotten around it in, in, a, in a much better way than they did. So anyhow. I'm sure all of us get reports, you know, just from being in the public eye. I know I do. And a lot of times I don't know what to do with them, unfortunately. And I do yeah. tell people to go to MUFON or other uh, type support groups because I think that is the most important thing. Now, I agree. I, w- I will say one thing, though. <clears throat> Lauren, when somebody's going to report to MUFON, do you suggest that they go to direct the direct website? Because I've actually had conversations personally with one of the Boots on the Ground MUFON people and was like, literally, listen, I have – this incident, this incident, I, I can give you times, places, dates, exactly what happened, the, the orbs, the craft, you know, the actual meeting of an alien gray, and I got ghosted. So when people, that was my own personal experience, but when people mm-hmm. have something like that happen to them, you know, what's the, what, they're not going to come back around and do it again, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Lauren, I'm going to get you to answer that after we get back from the break here. One hour down, two hours to go on the SOR roundtable. We're going to say goodnight. Danny Silva, thank you so much for joining us. I'll stick around a little bit. Bye, Danny. All right. Danny's going to stick around. Little Benny Jenkins. Oh, good. Are you going to stick around or do you got to run? I feel like I have a couple things more to say. I'm going to stick around for a little bit. We're going to keep this panel going in hour number two here on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, stay tuned. I was at a MUFON um, meeting, and uh, this guy came in and said he had a chip in his neck, or an implant, I should say. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had uh, um, x-rays and everything, Um, but I don't think anything came of it. You know, it was like... Um, I think, uh, I don't think anyone ever followed up with them, but then again, out here in Texas, when I go to the move on things, and this was a few years ago, pre COVID, I don't know that they've done one since COVID started, but, um, you know, they were saying how bad they needed investigators. They had like one or two investigators for this huge area of Texas. They didn't have enough resources or people or time. Um, so it really just boiled down to a support group and kind of a dinner party and, but that's cool and important. And I get to meet a lot of cool people. A lot, a lot of people, I think, don't understand that. Uh, and Lauren, I want you to correct me if my understanding is in, is incorrect. That Mufon has no ownership of local chapters. That's right. And yeah. So they are not. They are not incorporated. They're not actually a corporate part of Mufon Central. What Mufon Central is is 
a clearinghouse for data and sellers of books. I have a, I have a question. I have a question. So if you submit your story, let me get this straight. This is what I'm understanding for you. I did not know this until tonight. And maybe I'm wrong, but like if you submit a story to move on, do they now own the copyright to that story? Yes. Yes. It's on the CMS database. When you put your story in there, it basically says you have now given your story and your information basically to MUFON to use as analysis or in anything that they do publicly or entertainment wise or anything like that about was it four or five years ago when they started redoing the database, they had to put all these disclaimers on it. Okay. Because the lawyers were saying, look, you guys are making movies, or Hangar 18 now. You can't just take this stuff and run with it unless you own it. And, and that's that's what happens. And you said MUFON started in 69, right? Correct. Correct. When did the best UFO movies come out? Set in the early 70s. Yo. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm telling you, I, you know, MUFON has been playing, you know, the, the hidden, what I call the hidden hand game for a long time. I think they've been behind a lot of things. And, uh, and look, I, I don't care either way. I really don't care. I'm just happy they're there because one of the things that's happened for me that I realized I could have started my own UFO group. I know enough people in ufology up in Northern California that if I'd done Lorian's UFO group, it would have been fine. But I really thought about it before I started 11, 12 years ago now. And I said, you know what? I better be affiliated with somebody because people trust MUFON in a weird way. Maybe they, they, they don't know what it is, what have you, but they know it's there. There's like an okay. authority. There's like an authority aspect to it, right? Like when, exactly. I, when, I, when I spoke about like discernment within ourselves, what I meant not, not individually, but like small groups like this, like people that you actually interact with and talk to, it's not some faceless entity, but, right? Like discernment yeah. within ourselves. Like, Dave, hey, Dave and I share a major right. Uh, you, all this UAP stuff, the Nimitz and all that came out, and where was MUFON's position? What did they try to do to own any part of the part of it? They just kind of went, somebody else will deal with it. Yeah, I was not happy with all that, and I was behind the scenes, as you know, gathering the guys for the first time they ever went out on a stage and talked. Yeah. And uh, I, I tried to get MUFON to get involved. And I couldn't get an answer, but I think Jan was still in charge then, wasn't he? Hmm. If I yes. remember correctly, yes. yeah, yes. yeah. There, and there were some issues. Of, Jan never wanted to get involved with anything that was going to overshadow them as far as having to deal with a government entity. I think it's because it was a military operation it happened with that they kind of shied away from it. If it had been a public thing, like if we'd all been at a rock festival and the same thing would have happened, um, then I think MUFON would have been all over it. Lorian, I'm going to get you to turn your microphone down just a tad if you can. Oh, okay. I got to go find my settings. <coughs> I heard a rumor after, um, you know, Jen got ousted and uh, that they were kind of looking for a new... Uh, head person in charge and there was a lot of rumors going around about who that was going to be uh it never panned out that was years ago now but um i think it may have been close to uh some big ufo celebrity um 
heading up MUFON, but it never actually happened. I heard that too, Danny. Sorry, I'm. How's that level now, uh, Dave? Uh, it sounds pretty much the same. I'm going to turn you down on my end here. Okay. There we I already did it. That. Yeah, that's right. I should have put my headphones on. Uh, we got a, we got about one minute left. One minute left, and uh, Lorian's in. Who is the head of MUFON now? Uh, Dave Dave uh, McDonald. Yeah. Hey, Dave, does that make you any difference? Airlines. You're good, Laurie. I'm good? Yeah. I want to say a big thank you tonight to Lala, Bob, Obi, Greg, Maggie, B- Lily Pond times two, Dutch Hank, Rob, uh, NorCal, and Catfish for the Super Chats. And a reminder to all of you, March 17th through 19th, we are going to be at UFOCon 2023. Get your tickets for San Francisco, UFOCon2023.com. Get your tickets there. It's a great event. This will be my fourth time there. Science Bob's going to be there. And we're going to all hang out and have a great time. And, of course, Vegas, May 19th through 21st. Check your ticker down below if you're watching on YouTube. We want to see you there. Here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Obelis. Obelis is your password. Use use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com because... We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. The roundtable continues right now from our after-hour show on the weekends. Grantavius Baker, we have... UFO Garages, Little Benny Jenkins, UFO Reports, Tim Senor, Lorian Fenton from UFOCon 2023, Science Bob, and from the Silver Record, Danny Silva joining us tonight at a great panel tonight. We're talking about MUFON, but I want to switch this over here to a little bit. Kind of the same topic, everyone, but Science Bob, we're going to start with you on this one. With everything that is going on with Enigma Labs, MUFON, Arrow, what we're seeing in the government... Okay, there seems to be on social media a big level of who can we trust, who can we not trust? And we asked this question last month, but I'm going to ask it again. Is it time that maybe, just maybe, if somebody wants to make a real mark on ufology, both in the press and for the sake of the public, is it time for somebody to put their money where their mouth is and start a UFO watchdog group where we can break down what all of these different groups are doing for the sake of the public. 
It happens in with government watchdogs, tax watchdogs, healthcare watchdogs. Every major, major event in, in North America seems to have a watchdog group. Is it time one forms in ufology? So, so I kind of think so, and I know of an effort to uh, do that kind of thing. I'm not going to get ahead of them. I'll get up before they come out. But I do know of an effort that I think could succeed because of the impartiality and the transparency uh, uh, approach of the people involved. So I know of an effort. I don't know when it will happen or whatever, but I believe, Dave, that it is. And uh, what, what, we, what we really need from them, in addition to doing it, so they have to involve serious research people that can go dig uh, for dirt and details so that uh, the watchdog has uh, actually has teeth and they can get real data. Four juicy Raising Cane's chicken fingers, Texas toast, fries, coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. One love, ready to go. Raising Cane's chicken fingers, one love. <laughs> Four juicy Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, garlicky buttered Texas toast, crispy crinkle cut fries, fresh coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. We take pride in making the best chicken finger meals. One love, ready to go. And you can taste it in every bite. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. To 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 act uh, to act in a watchdog way. So you need serious researchers, serious people. Uh, probably uh, some. There are quite a few. There are quite a few ex MUFON people who were unhappy and left, and they're ready to see some stuff done. So there you go. I just, I think I think there's a uh, efforts underway. May, there's probably more than one, but I think something like that is actually needed. Um, and uh, there's watchdog like there's watchdogs on the U.S. government. They're called inspector generals. Uh, but MUFON is not going to apply, have appointed an internal inspector general uh, uh, to oversee its operations. So because it's not uh, mandated to by any entity. So but it but 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 ufology needs a watchdog. Would you agree with that, Danny? Oversight is always good. People looking out for others and looking out for wrongdoing. And, um, I mean, UFO Twitter tries its best to, that's for sure. Or even if there isn't anything, they were blasting people. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we need someone looking out for everyone, of course. I, I would I agree mean, with that idea in general. There's, there's, there's serious fraud all over the place that all of us here know about. Somebody needs to look into it. Mm-hmm. Little Benny Yeah, James. I feel like that's like <laughs> – I was going to say that that's like UFO Twitter right now, a lot of it. Um, there, there's a lot of, uh, Hey, there's this, this, this culture, this, this entire UFO community, especially online, a lot of people taking other people for advantage, man. Like a lot of it happens. We see it. Those of us that have been in the community for even six months, you can kind of tell like who's in it for taking advantage of, of, of those who are, in a situation of uh, just trying to figure out what 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 the hell just happened to them, or uh, or, or whatever, uh, who's selling uh, 
uh, merch or, or art or whatever that's that's uh, there's all kinds of drama going on on Twitter, but like there there's a lot of watchdog stuff happening on there. But like I feel like yeah, like a centralized place where you, you got some good people involved, I think would be would be kind of cool. Say so, uh, you say. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Go ahead, Grant. So, so are you saying that you know you have a lot of people that are out there that are trying to make a business off of this to make money off of it with their merch and everything else that are preying on the people that are really in it who have had experiences or people that just want to know the truth and they're out there. But if you actually look at like UFO Twitter, you have a lot of, of fun things in there. Some are funny, but then you have those people in there that are tearing it up. The ones that are actually doing the the digging, so to speak. And those few members, you know, if you want a watchdog group, it, it, like you were saying before, and I totally missed the boat on that one on the last question, but realistically, it is us. And and when you get a platform where you can sit there and just start tearing this apart, because the best investigators in the world are the people that are interested in just doing it for fun. You know, if if you don't make it a business and you let these people just have fun at it, sometimes it's going to get a little out of hand. But realistically, they're going to blow the lid off the thing. And I think it's it's exciting to see. And, I mean, if someone makes money on it, that's fine. I'm not really into into this to make money, but... I really would like to know the truth as well as the rest of you. Let's get and to as far as uh, go ahead, Danny. Real quick, as far as um, you know, identifying wrongdoing. Unfortunately, it's highly subjective. Mm-hmm. There has to be some sort of uh, rules, I guess, across the board. Because even if all of us in this uh, you know, on this show right now probably have pretty uh, big different opinions on certain individuals uh, that we think are currently engaging in wrongdoing. Um, I have people that I think, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean everyone is going to agree. Or I'll think someone's a total uh, con artist and someone else might love them. So, and that's why there's so much arguing on social media, I think. Well, there's there's definitely, look, there's people sitting on this panel who have stuck their neck out to get grift and crap out of all sorts of things and paid a huge price for it personally. Now, I'm not going to go any further than that, other than to say, if there was a watchdog group, they could serve as a protector for this kind of activity because there are interested individuals who are trying to clean up ufology, uh, but they need a place to call home so that they can be protected while they're doing it for all of us. And in, in but just 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 add just one more thing for, and I'll shut up. The UFO watchdog itself has to have some rules. And I don't know who the rule maker would be. It definitely needs, it would need a constitution that talks about what they are looking for. Look, it's not about videos about debunking dots in the sky. It's not about that at all. It has to be about making sure that any, any of these major groups, whether it's MUFON, New Fork, Arrow, the, any type of government, whether it's a Canadian government or, or government where I am, or the U.S. government where the majority of our listeners are, or anyone, it's about breaking down the stories of what they are saying and what, more importantly, they are not saying. Tim, you and I have talked about this on uh, the UFO report. Let's get your opinion. Right. And I mean, more than likely, the wheels are already in motion on this. If if MUFON is making the push to become that civilian component to Arrow, 
there's a good likelihood at some point that they will. We already know potentially um, that they were advisors to the um, the public hearings that we had in 2021. And so if we do need, you know, a watchdog committee, why not, you know, already use what we have in MUFON um, rather than trying to establish something new? We already have people that are already invested deeply. Why not either harvest for MUFON, who already we know is a component towards, um, you know, their foot in the door, if you will, with Arrow and what they're doing. So why not have our watchdog group come from there or share from there? Um, and I mean, my interest is in doing something like that very much. So maybe something independent from there. But let's also consider that MUFON has seen a steady increase in unexplained cases. And maybe even Lorraine, uh, Lorian rather, you can... Um, embellish on this, but my research has shown that it started out like 5% of cases at MUFON were considered true UFO. And um, now I'm understanding that that number is slightly increased to about 8%, but that's that's a massive number in actual cases. And I'm wondering, you know, if they'd had decades and decades of about 5%, and now recently we're seeing this spike up to 8 maybe 10%, of unexplained cases, is that because there's more cases or is it because they're trying to draw some interest to themselves as having these unexplained cases and um, potentially making themselves um, more of a feasible target when the government is looking to spend some money on data? Yeah, well, um, to get to what you're discussing here, um, I, I think it's because we have better technology to actually uh, you know, like we get videos of things where, you know, it isn't just hearsay talking. It isn't somebody just saying I UFO landed in my backyard. We have a lot more data to work with because of technology. So that's why we're seeing the increase. I, I believe at the last MUFON uh, symposium I was at, we had a big discussion about this and they, they really believe it's the technology that's helped them. It's boosted everything. It's boosted all of our sightings. It's boosted uh, the amount that we think are actually real. I mean, they're saying they're unexplained, which means it, there's a good probability it's probably real. But we don't have, like Bob said, uh, we don't have the ability to get hard evidence in many, many, many cases. So that's that's the hard part for MUFON. If if there was a crash saucer, we could run out there and grab some metamaterial. Boy, I'll tell you what, MUFON would be so happy. <laughs> That'd be great. But I got to get back to the watchdog group, you guys. I'm really torn about that. Um, really torn because I I don't know how we're going to control the what I call the sham artist in the flim flam, you know, you can't control it. It, 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 and trust me, these guys, they, they get knocked down and sent away. And then three years later, they're back because everybody forgets and forgives. I live in a state where I can actually say to somebody, you know, that guy ripped me off and I'm just talking about money or whatever. And they'll say, oh, okay. And then uh, I won't deal with them anymore. They're a thief, okay? And and then three years later, they're partners with the guy. And I'm like, what the hell? I told you the guy stole from me three years ago. What are you doing? You know, and they're like, oh, I forgot, you know? And people are just literally 
idiots when it comes to this kind of thing. And I'll give you a prime example. I'm with Robert Perala, a good friend of mine, and we see a, a really horrible incident happen. It's one of his friends. And I say, what are you doing hanging around with this guy? And he goes, Gad, you're right, you know. And then he stops hanging around with him for six months. Six months was the attention span he had about this. And the guy approaches him about something, and then they're back together again. I'm like, okay, what happened here? I am one of the few people I know on the planet that when someone does me wrong, I'll give them another chance. I give them one more chance after that. And if that chance is blown, I never speak to them again. What is, I mean, that's <laughs> what the watchdog group has to be. It can't be like, well, you know, this guy, whatever. And then they accept them back into the community. I mean, it's like, okay, guys, you know, what do you, what do we do about that? You could have a watchdog group, but... I, I think the, you're the you're public right. is just going to be like they're 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 clueless. I think you're identifying such a, an important aspect, Lorianne. Like this this subject, these these experiences, you feel so alone. And when you finally find that tiny group of people that share your experience, that that exactly know what you're going through, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I've been in that seat too. Like I've been pushed away, and I'll come back because I know that I'm going to find comfort. And those people that, oh, they get me, right? I mean, it makes sense to me why people yeah. come back, even though. But how do we keep out the, uh, and I'm just going to say it flat out. How do we keep the Corey Goods from coming back? You know, how do you oh, do no. that? Got to put them in the box. Yeah, well, see, here's the problem, you know. I mean, the guy's admitted in a courtroom that he lied about everything. Okay, and I told everybody he was lying back in 2015. He no lied about that style though, with that glove, dog. And <laughs> the people that propped him up are still here and uh, still getting exactly. big interviews. And, well, uh, and, 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 and doing the radio shows. Since she's admitted it, she's the one that's been through hell, and that should not happen to Lori and Fett. Yeah, well, yeah, it's been a wild ride, you guys. I got to tell you, I. Uh, you know, not. To, I'm just pinning him down because he's the obvious case right now, and we all know about it. Okay, but there are so many others, and 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 they pop up every day. There's always a new one. There's always somebody trying to scam our community. And trust me, guys, I've gotten to the point where I have dealt with people who have said this is a planned operation. It's a psyops. And you're never going to get away from it as a community because there are people out there that don't want us to know the truth. And by obfuscating all of us into this whole thing of, oh, everybody's my friend and they're not my friend and this and that, it distracts us from getting to the truth. And it's that simple for me. Chaos is noise. That's right. So I think the way you identify the, the fraudsters from like just people that are honestly interested in the subject and have had their own experiences, have something to bring to the table is that, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody needs to make a living, right? Like, yeah, of course, if, if you have good information, you're not just confirmation biasing people every second, of course, I'll pay you for your time. Like, of course you're worth it. But if, like I think we all know those people that are just saying yes to everything and just going along with those rainbows. Like I think we we the know Gaia down. Oh, 
Well, here's one thing I can tell you guys. My ETs told me when I was 15 years old, Dave knows this story. I laugh about it all the time. They said, you better have a job the rest of your life because we're not taking care of you. (laughs) Seriously. And uh, I was like, oh, well, God, is it going to be that bad? And they kind of were like, yeah, it's going to be that bad. I mean, if you're in ufology to make money, you are not a contactee. I can tell you that right now because every contactee knows that this is a spiritual thing. It has nothing to do with money and greed and a livelihood. I agree with that. That's why it's important. Billy Carson said eight hours of his time was worth $100,000 on his live stream. Who said this? Billy Carson. Oh, God. He's a a total (laughs) sham. Oh, man. You got to love it sometimes. You gotta love it. Okay, so if a watchdog group is not the way to go, Lorian, how do we? Okay, okay, we've seen policing for ourselves, and it's called UFO Twitter, which you know some days is entertaining, other days is is uh, most days gross. Most days, <laughs> you know, and frankly, my big issue with UFO Twitter is I don't like people doxing people. I think that's wrong. I don't like the insults that happen on there. I I think it gets a little too personal. And when you're dealing with something that is on there forever, you know, even even me, I, I don't need my children's names coming up. I don't need my address popping up. I don't need anything like that. And and it does get ugly at points. Uh, Danny, you know as, as much as anybody, but for Lorian, I want to start with you on this, and then Danny, get your opinion in regards to it. I mean, how do we police ourselves if we're not really doing a quality job of it already? Well, you know, like I said, what we've got to do is we've got to start paying attention to who's coming into the community and we need to vet them. You know, I, I have this ongoing battle with my good friend, Carrie Cassidy, Carrie is like, she's like a loose cannon. She, she'll she bring anybody on there and she'll believe what they got to say. And I love her dearly and, you know, good for her to do what she's doing. But I know that a bunch of those people are just scammers. Okay. And, you know, she, she'll still keep promoting them. And so what's with all these people? And it's not just her. I mean, we got a bunch of people in ufology that do this all the time on all their radio shows. And let's not forget the producers of the conferences. I mean, they are literally putting people on stage that they know are lying. What about Gaia TV with the whole thing, knowing that Corey was lying the whole time and still letting him have a show. I mean, how do we even stop this? You can't stop business from progressing, but what you can do is at a very basic level is make sure that everybody, you know, in ufology just absolutely stops supporting the shammers. Just like don't buy their books. Don't watch them speak. If a producer puts them on the stage at a conference, refuse to go to the conference and let the producer know why. Say, you know, call them up and say, I'm not coming to your conference because you've got three guys on your schedule out of your 30 people that are, you know, rapists, thieves and what have you. And I'm not joking when I say that you need to you need to confront them and say, you know, are you making a but is this all about making money or is this about telling the truth? 
And that's why my conference is so different. I didn't want to go into my conference tonight, but I'm telling you, I do not put, and I've been, I've been shammed. Okay. And I, I apologize to everybody I know if I find out that I put somebody on my stage that is a lying, whatever. Okay. But, um, I just got to say, I, I do my best to tell the truth. And that's what my conference is about, is to put people up there that are not your regular people on the same stage, for the same event, the same people every freaking time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick of it. That's why I do what I do, is because I'm just so sick of seeing the same people all the time. I mean, Science Bob should be on a stage at every event there is. He has so much amazing information. And, uh, you know, it just bothers me that no one pays any attention to him, you know? It does so happen. anyhow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve that problem, Bob. <laughs> I think it's because he's probably telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that is a big problem. And you should be on a stage, Ben. Why aren't you on a stage? <laughs> I'll get on stage when you're on a stage. Well, Let's go. I, I will say this. I'm going to shoot one over your bow here, Lorian. When Kerry Cassidy was putting out that there were – 250,000 Chinese troops lined up on the Canadian border ready to invade the United States. But nobody saw it on radar, and nobody saw the ships come in. Yeah, uh, that's a yeah, that's a I great mean, I, report. I, love, I swear to that's God, a great I have report. so much respect. I get, yeah. I, get, I get the final word there. Lorian Fenton, <laughs> Tim Cedor, Bill... <laughs> uh, the rest of the crew, Danny Silva... Penny Jenkins, Science Bob, and Grant. We'll be back for the next half hour on Spaced Out Radio's Roundtable. Stay tuned. All hail the mighty Bumblefoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love his his music. Oh, my goodness. He can play a guitar. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you guys are making me laugh tonight. You're making me, you know, do my old ranting thing. I wasn't going to do it. I swear to God, I was going to sit here and keep my mouth shut. Oh, but... bullshit. You, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, bull. That's terrible. That's terrible. Don't ever yeah, think you can. How are we ever going to be watchdogs, you guys? I just I can't even imagine the thought it's, of it's it. It's totally subjective. It, it really is. And even all of us on the show, we're not going to agree on who... Who's going to set the rules? I mean, there is no, there's no legislature to set the rules. Well, we got to, why don't we put it, we should do it, we should put together the first time in forever uh, an online vote. Let's do a voting system. Where everybody on UFO, well, UFO Twitter is just going to like troll the shit crap out of it. I mean, I, look, I, I, I put out stuff on Twitter just so that people who are sitting there silently looking can get information. Because the yes. people, I don't, I don't do it for the Twitter, UFO Twitter. I do it for those who are not, don't want to be known to be on UFO Twitter. And they cease, and you, you cannot believe some of the private messages I get. I mean, I'm sure you can, but never mind. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there that keep their mouth shut, and they just want to know stuff. Oh yeah, lots of backseat. There's a lot of people that are high up, dude. Like, I mean, way high up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like Danny and, Silva, beard high up. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, I don't even uh, not not that my friends are shams, but I don't even agree with a lot of my friends on you know every single issue. It's just there's so much opinion involved. 
Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But there's a cure. Now through January 31st, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Tuesday, January 31st. See Home Club for details. Yeah. And also, Twitter's its own silo, man. Like, not everybody's is... Those conversations just happen on Twitter, like... I mean, if you go anywhere else, if you go to Lorian's conference, like it's all fuck, it's all fun. Like uh, if you go to really any yeah, conference, that's the nature of social media. You, I you think. talk not, in, just, not just for UFOs, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, right. Lauren, can, is there an opportunity today to discuss why Mufon just kind of half deals with the experiencers and won't deal with orbs at all? Yeah, yeah, I can explain that. Um, what? Because one of the well, I don't know. If, I want to do it when we're live, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, but this is Dave's show. He's got a set of questions he wants. I want to know. Yeah. Well, the thing with the orb problem is that, um, as we we like to discuss it, is I'm actually doing a show, a science show, um, around what we consider orbs, like. Um, And we're going, anyhow, it's a long story, but the thing with the orb problem is their scientists way back in the early 70s said to them, how can you distinguish what's camera lens, what's this, what's that, what's, you know, what's off of the telescope, what, whatever. And because of that, they just decided they weren't going to address that. It had to be a craft shape or an unknown light where it looked like a UFO in order for them to deal with it. Having said that, and I'll get to you in one second, sweetie, but um, having said that, the technology with D'Antonio has gotten much better, and he is our MUFON uh, technology looking at all the videos guy, and he's saying now maybe there is going to come a point where he can start examining the orbs in a better light, and that might happen in the future. But if you're talking like true orb pictures, that is the reason they don't do it. Because 90% of the time it's a reflection, you know? I I can agree with that in, in certain cases, uh, especially if you're – but at night – you know, it's one of those deals where I've seen plenty of orbs. In fact, orbs is, is well, pretty now, much... What are you dis- now, here's the thing. How do you distinguish what an orb is? I'm talking about those pictures where we see, like, these a million orbs around 20 people. You know, those so, type of things. Is that what you're talking about, Bob? Are you talking about no, an actual... No, no. I'm, talking, I'm talking about single things showing irrefutable, violating physics uh, 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 behavior. Oh, you're talking about like a plasma ship that's yeah, got the whatever, plasma. Whatever. Yeah, like, like yeah. The, I call red orbs. People people tell me that red orbs are hiding craft. Mm-hmm. That's right. Green. Okay, so I, and then blue orbs are this and blue. So we so we are we we are seeing like lots of these orbs around us, and I can I have this like ironclad proof 
that they are far enough away from the camera. It's not dust. They're exhibiting novel. Yeah. Ten seconds, guys. Oh, okay. I got to cut it right there. Ten, right. ten seconds. Yeah. Thank you to Lala, Bob, Obi, Greg, Maggie, Lily Pond, Times Two, Dutch, Hank, Rob, NorCal, Catfish, Kira, Greg. That's scowling Greg O'Brien, Lara, and Ed. Past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We're turning the corner here onto another subject because we were told we were not getting any more photos. We were told we weren't getting any more videos. The Navy was shutting everything down. And then, lo and behold, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp release... The Mosul UFO, which looks like an orb flying down one of the roads of Mosul in Iraq. Danny Silva, we're going to start with you on this one. You know, what's he, how did, number one, if all of everything's supposed to be shut down media wise by the military, how did Jeremy and, and George get this out? They've uh, really been doing amazing work. They have maybe some of the best sources. They're also uh, willing to put their butts on the line. And they also work on these things for a very long time to make sure what they're doing is legal and to protect themselves. And they're two of the best to ever do it. Um, They've been keeping this thing going for a long time. Uh, Their motivations are totally pure. I can't say enough good things about those guys. They um, really have just been holding it down. I mean, we got the original videos from to the stars Academy in 2017 and 2018, there hasn't been a whole lot released. Um, and then Jeremy and George did the, uh, 2019 video and then there, and now we have this and there's more to come. Um, so it's really exciting. No matter what you think these videos and photos are of, um, it's interesting because it was in government reports. And I think, George and Jeremy, um, that's what they're doing. They're reporting. So they're not co-signing it as 100% a UFO. Um, However, uh, you know, this was in the task force report or uh, whatever reports they were in, and this was from the government. So I think um, that needs to be made clear, you know, when people are blasting George and Jeremy for what they're doing, they're reporting. And, if people have a problem with these photos or videos, they should uh, take it up with the government or whoever was circulating them in the first place. George and Jeremy are just reporting, and they're basically the best reporters ever now. So don't shoot the middleman, so to speak. Exactly. Well, there's a, there, there's problems with this thing. Yeah, but thank you for pointing that out, Danny. <laughs> Bob, what don't you like about this? I don't like the fact that uh, the heads-up display 
has 0300 UTC on it, and that would be dark in Iraq. Yeah, the original fo- the original photo, and I, and uh, my good friend and Tim's my good friend, random guy, pointed this out the other night. The only and I I would never ever in my life catch this, but he's kind of an aviation guy, and random guy was saying, you know, up in the time code, it's not showing this, but up in the upper left of the photo of the Mosul UFO photo, it shows a timestamp at UTC, which is. Greenwich Village uh, Standard Time, or whatever, whatever Greenwich Mainland Universal time. Coordinated Time. Yeah, and at, at the at the Greenwich timeline, that is zero. If you go to Iraq, it's plus three. It's UTC plus three. So either the head-up display of this aircraft was wrong on telling the time, or. Maybe it's not a real photo. Maybe it's a real photo of a UFO, but not a real photo from Mosul, Iraq. That is a concern. Tim, Tim, you talked to random guy about that. I did. I did. I mean, I don't like personally, I don't like getting caught up in the weeds too much on stuff like that. Because there's so many moving parts on something like this. Me personally, when a drop like this comes, um, the source is massively important. But the fact is, is that this is going to hit the massive mass media running, right? It's, it's going to pump this topic up at a time when we need it to be pumped up. This is, I mean, this is a significant photo from a spy plane. And I think that the details are still, you know, significant that this was obtained, you know, from a uh, a very great source, according to George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell, I think that they've been here long enough to be trustworthy enough to have that. Um, and so, you know, this is coming from a conflict zone again, which I think is another very big piece of information. Um, so, I don't like getting caught up too much in the in the noise of the details of. In fact. The image itself is almost irrelevant. Just the fact that there is something like this coming at a time like this, it's going to make massive headline news. I feel like it's moving our topic forward. Our public just has more information to weed over. And every time the New York Post reports on this topic in a positive light and has this on the front page, hopefully, I think it's moving the topic in a positive way forward and it's reaching, reaching a wider audience and getting more people interested. Did I, I just agree. did I just hear you say that facts don't matter? Well, <laughs> I mean it only in this case like because we're never going to know, right? We're not going to get until they drop more information, we only have this one still. There's I can't draw enough information from this to tell you if it's real or not. No matter what, there's too much conflicting information within this. And so I just see this as a piece of information as it is. And I don't really dig in too deep. Now, yes, we have friends that bring up significant questions and they are valid. But that is another striation of this that I figure will get covered by the UFO community. Yes, it's important. But the big picture of this is that it's huge. We're making progress. We were told that we weren't going to get anything else from the Navy. You know, that's I was kind of like, oh, man, that that's going to really set us back. But then we have this. So I am totally encouraged by this. Um, Whether it's real or not is again, going to come to light. Hopefully, you know, we are seeing more and more information coming from this source. 
let's hope that uh, you know JC and G- GK come through again with some follow-up information, maybe some radar. Well, I'm not saying that it isn't a UFO photo. All I'm saying is head-up displays are usually in working order when an aircraft goes up, especially on screen. Realistically, though, unless there's a latitude and longitude that correlates with exactly where this photo was taken, we're never going to know. Well, then it's even worse if they claim it's Mosul and it's not. I thought that this uh, photo has already been matched to the location. Um, I think someone pulled it on Reddit where they showed the uh, they were able to find the buildings on uh, Google Maps or whatever. That's correct, Danny. I saw that as well. I kind of want to chime in and just say that that the telemetry and the the numbers on these photos are exactly why the military hasn't wanted to release this stuff in the first place. Because anybody on Reddit can pinpoint where our spy planes on are are in the world, and like maybe we just don't want our adversaries to know that. Well, but not only that, if 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 uh, if people on Reddit just looking at a photo can do that imagine what the spacecraft yep. from the National Reconnaissance Office that are uh, uh, telescopes the size of Hubble or bigger can do. Mm-hmm. And so it reveals our capabilities to our adversaries. Exactly. But the airplane was not a spy plane that took this. Oh, was it not? It was, like, it, it's not like a U-2 oh. or uh, whatever replaced the SR-71. It wasn't that. Well, it, it was a propeller plane, I believe, from the United States Marine Corps that that took this yeah, a twin engine propeller plane, which too, which would, yeah. considering the timeline by UTC, would not have enough gas to go from Great Britain, where some of these are based, down to Iraq. Well, this was probably taken off of a, a a camera attached to the plane, right? It's not somebody with. Like a, like a handheld thing, like this is a part of the craft, right? Well, yes. we, we 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 haven't seen the video, so we don't know if it's shaky or not. Oh, I mean, I mean, just the telemetry, the the, the well, data that's that's on the picture itself, right? Yeah. And with the this still frame, they did release information saying that the image was captured in April 2016 by an intelligence reconnaissance plane. Okay, so, so it was like though. an onboard camera, maybe a fixed at the bottom and. The data could be. It's it's like an overlay. And is it a video or not or photography? Do we four know second which? video? And this is a still frame from that four seconds. And so the um, the briefing video describes it as a short clip. And uh, so that is all that they have is just a four second total. And publicly, we will only at this point be getting this still. So this is all we have at this point. I would love to see. I would love to see the shadow of the craft on the ground. Not only yeah. that, I think it's real. But I think it's real. I do too. And the only reason why I say that is because if you look at the graininess of the photo and and the actual object itself, it matches impeccably. And the fact that when people actually try to man- manipulate photos with whatever, you know, those there's people that are really good at it. But in this particular sense, this is real grainy. It's hard to do graininess, but realistically look at the time frame back in 2016 you were saying we had spy planes that could tell the time on your watch from 70,000 feet i am exaggerating in that but 
much clearer pictures than this. So this was not a spy plane. That's very obvious. That's the airplane. That's the airplane. I've just I've just posted the airplane on screen here, which is a United States Marine Corps M. Uh, what's it called here? It's a King Air uh, C twelve. Oh, that's a little. It's called, it's called a C twelve Huron. It's a little airplane that could. So and I can say that the uh, the four second video, whoever yeah. um, releases that, uh, could uh, be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So you know, we George and Jeremy, they're doing everything they can possibly, um, yeah. and they're getting tons of pushback behind the scenes that no one knows about, um, as as well as a lot of people, um, the main guys that we all look up to. They get tons of pushback. They never talk about it, um, and they're releasing everything that they possibly can, you know, without going to prison. Yeah, that's such a great point. Like, if they even have they get a lot of people, in trouble. I, I want I want to support that statement from personal experience. Uh, I retired in May of 2020 and uh, eight or nine times between 2020 and 2022 uh, entities tried to pick up my clearance for me to work on problems and they were blocked at every turn. And uh, so uh, pushback can go in many different ways. And what they were doing is saying, Bob, STFU. And I'm not saying George and Jeremy have the video. I don't know that. I haven't been told that at all. But I have heard that, you know, a lot of this stuff. I'll, I'll hear a lot of these things. You know, the, um, what was it? The, uh, the alleged video of uh, the triangle coming out of the water from years ago. You know, I heard that would have been a big deal. Whoever released that, they were, they were going to have the book thrown out of thrown at them. Um, so there's a lot of these things I hear about. And it's like, if someone does end up releasing it, they're going to be in a ton of trouble. Yeah. I mean, dude, like since, since, Project Blue Book, it's been this whole thing within the middle, especially in the Air Force. Like, if, if you release some information, some like highly guarded military data, such as a photo, there's so much you could build from a photo. Like, that's treason. Makes sense to me, like, why it's so difficult. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend Danny here because I do believe this is a real photo. Okay. And yeah. I, I am a very, very, large fan and i'm not just saying because i'm fat okay but i am a very large fan of george knapps and i i have a lot of respect and george does not release things that are not already been given the thumbs up okay now a lot of people say well what about lazar well he released a report on lazar that he still states to this day if Bob Lazar is telling the truth. Everybody always seems to forget that, Danny. You know about about George Knapp. Is he always says if Bob Lazar's story is true. They always forget that. Yeah, word, and, if. You know, yeah and I've talked to a lot of people, not to uh, try to toot my own horn, and I've only been doing this seriously for about five years now. I've talked to a lot of people um, in the five years, especially when I was writing more um, frequently. And uh, I've talked to a lot of good people, a lot of people I respect, a lot of um, people that are amazing, and everyone gets things wrong. It doesn't mean they're lying. They inadvertently get things wrong. George Knapp is the number one person in my personal experience that has the best track record. I think I can think of him being wrong one time, and then he corrected it on the record. Um, And no one else I've ever met and spoken to 
has a track record in my personal experience like George Knapp does. So I trust him with the utmost, you know, respect. And I don't not saying he can never be wrong, but um, like I was saying earlier, they're reporting that this was in a uh, in a task force report or whatever it was. You know, they're not saying for sure this is UFO. They're showing you what and we want to see what the government is looking at. Right. And then some people are getting mad about this, like it shouldn't have been released. And they're getting to see what the government is interested in. Come on. No, I, well, I my take. On, go ahead, Lorian. Well, my take on this is that um, they have the clear picture, and we're not getting it. Okay, and I don't know if Jeremy and George have it, or if the government has it, and they just found out about it and got it. Trust me, that picture is blurred for a reason, and those numbers were changed for a reason. They, the government doesn't release anything to us to look at unless they've altered it to their satisfaction that we cannot, re, you know, reduplicate it or or figure out what they're up to at that point. Now, someday, I hope, through this whole task force that's happening through the Senate and the, the, the House, is that uh, we will start seeing the real documentation and the real videos from the military. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> But I'm hoping that someday we can. And here's the other thing that everybody forgets. You know, uh, Richard Doty, a long time ago, sat me down and said, look, I didn't know what the other three guys were doing in my cubicle. And I absolutely believe this man because nobody knows. And Bob knows this really well. When you're in the DIA, the CIA, the Department of Energy, any place that you're working and you're working on a project, you have no idea what the next guy's doing next to you. He could be working on the same problem or a completely different one. And no one gets to talk to each other about it. So all they get to do, and this is from a friend that was in on these movies. He said, when you get into the UFO arena, and way back in the day, anyhow, they took a bunch of people, they sat you in a room, they played a movie, and they said, this is what we do now. You know, these are dead aliens or this, you know, you, they didn't even talk about it. They just played the movie and then you knew what your agenda was. It was that simple. And no one got to talk to each other. No one got to share information. But that's how they introduced you to the alien subject. So it, it's so much more. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But there's a cure. Now through January 31st, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Tuesday, January 31st. See Home Club for details. Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. Or less complicated than we think, but also very complex because no one knows what the, the next hand is doing next to them. So I think that's blurred out for a reason. I think it's probably real, but we won't know until we see the actual not blurred out picture. That's our problem right now. They're keeping us in the dark about that, and that's fine. You know, I don't know that that's the case for this one. Now, I did. I wrote an article that there is clear video, of course. There's better cameras. Yeah. Like that, well, where but is it? 
Well, we don't know that. In a, in a, um, I'm sure a lot of it they're just not releasing. But for this one specifically, it's a four second video. I don't know that there is a a clearer video. Oh well, okay. So we don't know if that uh, what kind of camera that plane was actually using is the deal, right, Bob? Do you have any idea if they all use the same camera or? But a- actually, actually, they change cameras regularly depending on the uh, mission. So that's number one. And number two, what Lorian's talking about is you every everybody that works in these levels has a security clearance. Everybody, but no one necessarily has to have the need to know that you do where need to know means you're given the information only if your job description says you need it. <clears throat> and so you the guy next to you, a gal over here, they may not have any need to know what you know. And so you're not even allowed to whisper to them. People probably do a little whispering here and there, but they're not supposed to. That's number one. And so I want to bring up one other thing uh, before I forget it. There was a UFO person with some credentials that got in to see a public appearance by Senator Gillibrand. And she gave uh, off-the-cuff remarks that were recorded beautifully. Oh, yeah, my guy Ozzy did that. those, Those remarks were unbelievable. She said... She talked about crash debris, craft retrievals. This interview was unreal. And I hope somebody here and in the audience can remember where it was because I looked for half an hour and couldn't find it. But, I mean, this was really unreal. She said that the current leadership, Sean Kirkpatrick, uh, was told by her and others in the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence just hang in there and keep doing your job. Even if you're being stonewalled over time, this will change and improve. And so it looks to me like the Congress is not going to sit idle. That was Ozzy Franco. Ozzy Franco. Yes. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's who it was. Yes. That's correct. And he did a fantastic job of getting her to come on the record. And it was full of what I believe was classified information. Full disclosure. Wow. And uh, Danny, just to piggyback very briefly on what uh, Lorian was saying, do you think that potentially they changed the information on the on-screen display here in this still to protect the ways and means? You know, I have no idea. I want to be careful and not act like I know. Um, I, I don't. I don't know at all. Do you suspect it's at least possible? Be, yeah. You know, some of these questions would be a lot better for um, I think Jeremy and George, of course. Right. Um, and, and maybe there is some sort of clear video for this, but from what they have been saying publicly, it does sound like it was just this four-second clip that kind of accidentally got uh, got captured. Who knows? At the end of the day, I'm not there. I wasn't part of uh, the government agencies that were taking a look at this kind of thing. And, you know, um, it could there could be some other clear video. And I definitely know that they have these better videos. We see them on uh, – I wrote a blog years ago about it, but we see them come out when they're – tailing, you know, drug ships and things like that. Now, it's not always the same uh, platforms being used when they're tailing the drug ships, but they have these amazing cameras. And we know there's clear video. Elizondo talks about them. I just don't know in this specific instance whether there is. Um, But um, at this time, I'm just kind of assuming that this unfortunately may be as good as it gets, other than the four-second video, which we may never end up seeing because of the um, highly classified or whatever you want to call it nature of it. 
I think the greatest greatest UFO picture I ever saw was this inadvertent photo that was taken over Costa Rica. And this looks like uh, an inadvertent photo taken during the different thing. And they went, whoops, what's that? And so I think there's quite a bit of that. And how many of you have been told to go look at a particular set of coordinates on Google Earth? And you go, what the heck is that? And uh, that's just a camera that took a picture. I mean, I think we're going to see more and more of this stuff inadvertent disclosures. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see that you too. Talk- Go ahead. I was going to say, are you talking about that one that actually shows the flying saucer? Oh, yeah. That, the, that's the most amazing. I remember that. That was ever. crazy clear photo. And there's a dark background. The flying saucer was literally lit up in silver. You could see it for exactly what it was. I remember that. Good, good memory. Well, I have a nearly photographic one, but I'm getting old. On that 99% note, work for you. On that note, we are through two hours here on Spaced Out Radio from the Silver Record. Danny Silva, Science Bob, from our After Hours show, Grant Tavius, Maximus Baker, Lorian Fenton from UFOCon 2023, from the UFO Report. We have Tim Senor, and last but not least, the man, the myth, and the legend, from UFO Garage Podcast, Little Benny Jenkins. When we come back, we're going to talk about Project Titan and San Marino. We is clear. Somebody tell me what San Marino is. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm just going to start they're with Lorian. Uh, I'm starting with Lorian and Ben then. We're getting the UN involved in UFOs thanks to Elizondo. Oh, oh wonderful. That's the, goal, that's the goal, at least. I, saw, hey, I thought you were talking about the Apple car. <laughs> I'm like, what? San, but San Marino, I mean, we're talking about somewhere in Italy? Or is that what we're talking about? Okay. All right. That's Sounds like an Italian fool plays down the street. Maybe you have a couple meatballs down in San Marino, you know? <laughs> Put the mozzarella. Yay! Oh, uh, Bob, um, I have a a scientist from France that wants to come over and speak at UFOCon. Oh, Baptiste. Baptiste, I know him really well. uh, No, it's Vincent. uh, Gosh, what is his name? I don't have it. Oh, wait, let me let me give it to you. And I would you look him up for me? Absolutely. (laughs) Because I don't know who, I mean, I, I looked him up on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all those things. And he seems pretty legit now. I look very interested. Well, I have, a ton, of, I have a ton of European UFO friends. And, and uh, I have a, one, a guy who that works for uh, Cometa, et cetera, that I interact with daily. So I'll find out who it is. Okay. Let's see if I can find his name again. Uh, let's see. I don't think I don't think a lot of people understand the the uh, draw that John Ramirez and possibly me and some others that that are we know already are going to be there will have on people overseas that normally don't come. Well, I'm shocked that this guy wants to speak at my conference. I was like, what? Why? John Ramirez is a great example of how the uh, Watchdog Group would not work. 
half the community doesn't trust him and doesn't want to listen to him. The other half uh, thinks he's great. And there's really uh, no way to know either way. Um, unless you unless you lived your life on the inside. Yeah, but what about the claims he's making? Um, I believe most of them. Is he getting them from official sources or his own sources from YouTube? Or what's he doing? His, or is it all coming his, from the CIA? His releases are pre-approved or he couldn't do it. He'd go to jail. That, so is, that should be interesting to all of you. So you're saying that the CIA pre-approved when he's talking about hybrids? Uh, all Everything in his book had to be pre-approved for release by the Central Intelligence right. Agency Security Office. But does that mean that they're saying it's real or they're just saying it didn't? Uh... All they're saying is this: we do not consider this a violation of your security oath. Right. That's so that doesn't mean... So if he's BSing, that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be... That that is absolutely true. But I personally believe a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, he's another one. I mean, it's it's just hard. It's hard to call it. And, you know, half half of UFO Twitter hates Elizondo. So, I mean, that's another part where the watchdog group wouldn't work. So so, so, uh, so let let me say this. I believe that Jim Semivan has said things that are even more shocking than stuff John Ramirez said, and Jim Simivan, I know what position he had. Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel, there is no way he's lying. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And he says they're living here on Earth with us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you yeah. guys, look at the old, uh, um, gosh, not Bigelow, episode with 60 minutes come on he said it years ago i thought that was the first day of disclosure and i thought we were it was all over i thought we were like oh yeah it's all done bob did it for us right but But nobody the other thing that keeps bugging me is why people always yank and turn to the cia uh all the people at skim walker and bickle they work for the dia that's right. Uh-huh. You, 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 you got to get and, and a lot of people don't understand a lot of stuff happens in the Department of Energy. And the, one of the reasons it happens in the Department of Energy is they have a separate and nearly carefree classified data system that is not connected directly to the intelligence community and DOD and they can get away with murder. I was just going to say that the only reason that I ever believe Bob Lazar's story is because he was approached by the Department of Energy. He was not approached. It was EG&G that approached him. So I knew it was real then because every scientist I've ever known that's worked for anybody was approached by these guys. And they do it in a, you know, a backhanded kind of little manner. They kind of come up to you and get to know you, and then they... They spring what they'd like you to do for them. Okay, so, so my, my favorite story that illustrates how classification works around this system is a guy was brought to an office and told what he would do. And the person who was interviewing said, okay, this is the last you'll ever see of me. and I have never seen what you're going to do, and I'm never going to go on the inside. I'm stuck out here forever. I envy you. I mean, that is the level of effort they go to separate people and segment it so that no one knows every piece. All right, guys, I'm going to get you to hold on. We're coming back in 20 seconds. Thank you to all our super chatters tonight, including 
I posted it for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate you. I love you. That's Lori and Fenton, everyone. I love her. <laughs> Interrupting Dave. <laughs> oh, it's a millennial. No. Here we go, everyone. <laughs> Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Let's take a look. We have Obelisk. Obelisk is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with our SOR roundtable tonight. Great panel tonight with Science Bob from UFOCon 2023, Lorian Fenton from the Silver Record blog, Danny Silva from After Hours on our weekend show on our YouTube channel, Grant Baker, little Benny Jenkins from UFO Garage Podcast, and from the UFO Report, Tim Senor. Before we get going too hard here in the next hour, Lorian, I want to bring you up here for a second because you have what I think is one of the best UFO conferences going in North America called UFOCon 2023, and I have been, uh, thankfully, a part of that. Uh, this will be my fourth time coming down where I will MC this year's event for you. And I would love for you to tell people what they can expect on March 17th through 19th at UFOCon 2023. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting that, but thank you. Um, we are going to have uh, some amazing experiencers speaking for the first time. And uh, one of them, just to bring this out of the blue, it was really crazy. He came to the conference last year, met Paul Hynek. And he said, you know what? I don't know why I have never told anybody about what happened to me. And he listened, Paul listened to his story there at the conference. And he said, my God, man, that was an amazing story. You should tell people. And so he called me up this year and he said, I'm a professional speaker in my other life. I would love to present at UFO Con this year. And I said, I'd love to have you. And I mean, this is how it happens for me. People just show up out of the blue. Another story is Barbara Eberhardt. She is 75 years old, maybe 80. I can't remember. She's old, okay? And she just discovered a few years ago that she's been going on ships and helping with the babies, the space babies, all these years as a nanny kind of nursery gal. 
And uh, she said, well, I just don't know what to do with all this info. I said, look, get on the stage, make a PowerPoint. She actually hired somebody to help her make a PowerPoint. And she's going to get on stage for the first time and tell her whole story to everybody about what's been happening to her for almost 80 years now. And it's just wild. I mean, it, it's it's so much fun to hear new speakers. I can't tell you guys. I have people actually leave my conference laughing or crying or both because they say, I can't believe it. I had so much fun this weekend. I wish it would never end. And the reason why they do this, they said, look, I've been to all the other conferences and they're fun. They're okay. It's nice to meet up with my friends. And I listened to some interesting speakers, but I've heard them all before. And I said, yeah, see, that's the thing. These are all brand new experiences. And, and I got to say one last thing about it. It's a very small conference and I keep it that way. This conference will never be 2000 people. It's always going to be 200 to 500 people. That way you guys all get to know each other. And one last thing, we don't do Q and a, you know why? Because if you're an attendee of the conference, all the speakers will hang out with you. Your guys are all going to go to dinner together. You're all going to be sitting at the bar together, having a good time. And you're all going to get to know each other. And that's the importance of, I think, having the conference is so everybody can learn from each other. And remember, it is truly a personal experience. And you get to share it with other people. And nobody judges you. And that's the best part about the conference, I think, is well, that everybody gets to be to be together as family. And, and Science Bob is going to be speaking there. Yeah. yeah. Bob, yeah. what are you going to be talking about? Oh, gee, I wonder what. Okay, so <laughs> uh, the, the, last, the last year, I can't even describe my life. Okay, so uh, I went from scientists looking for nuts and bolts craft uh, with some belief in some of the other stuff, because I had been to Chris Bledsoe's house, and I went, "Hey, you know, Chris Bledsoe, he had this this experience is unique to him. It'll never happen to me." And then suddenly I had a hitchhiker, and then suddenly I had a this, and a suddenly I had a that, and all of a sudden, I got uh, my uh, my mother passes away, and somebody gives me a personal reading, and I go, "Oh my." goodness, my mind was opened. And I began looking at this kind of other side of the situation than a nuts and bolts craft. And it's a lot more interesting. And guess what? It turns out to be bloody real and reproducible and visible and see stuff. Every single day of my life, I can take a picture of a craft in my sky every single day because of the woman I live with. I mean, I would just tell you, it's just, you can't begin. So we are going to show and talk about our experiences. She, she, she wants me to do the talking, but, I, but, but it'll be, she does 90% of the camera work because she's just obsessed with looking at these videos and finding these craft and these other things. And we were just driving down the road the other night she decides to take a picture of the moon above this train track uh, uh, crossing. She just decides to grab her camera and do it. And there is some wiggling energy in the middle of the frame. And we, uh, we went to four different digital forensics people. And every one of them said without exception, 
this cannot be reflections. There's no nothing corresponding to it for it to be lens flare, etc. This is weird. That was every one of them's answer. And so that is my everyday life now. So wow. We have a lot to say. You're a weirdo. Yeah, I'm so excited. You're a weirdo. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> All right, let's turn the tables here. Let's run in. But before we do, let's remind everybody, go to UFOCon2023.com and get tickets there. And uh, it's going to be a great event. I cannot wait to get back down there and hang out with all of you. Thank you so much for allowing myself, Lorian, and and Spaced Out Radio to be a part of your event. And Well, uh, Spaced Out Radio is the place to be, man. I'm telling you. We love you. Well, we love you, too. We love you, too. All right. San Marino happened. Now, if you don't know where San Marino is, it's a little, little country. Little, little, little. You know, most cities are bigger than this. Okay? It only has a population of about 34,000, surrounded by Italy. Literally, it's in the middle of Italy, all surrounded. But for some reason, San Marino has taken a big chunk of the news in UFOs. Little Timmy Senor, let's start with you on this one because San Marino is planning on heading to the United Nations to talk about some UFOs. Is Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E, but there's a cure. Now through January 31st, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Tuesday, January 31st. See Home Club for details. Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. This is great news. Great news. It it is indeed. Um, And so it's called Project Titan. And it's been approved, indeed, by San Marino. And so UFOs are set to be discussed at the United Nations for the first time since 1978. And so just this past week, the Parliament of San Marino voted in favor to participate in Project Titan, meaning that San Marino will submit a proposal to the UN for the creation of a permanent office tasked with the preparation of periodic global conferences dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs. And in the proposal... It looks like it's going to go and be submitted to the UN Secretary General before undergoing a preliminary examination and discussion. And then following that, the proposal would be submitted to a vote at the General Assembly. And so if successfully passed, the UN would run the new office, which organizes the periodic conferences hosted by San Marino and basically becoming the Geneva of the global UFO study. And so the conferences would be accessible to private and state-backed researchers and organizations. And so this was Project Titan, and it was a proposal that has been put together and supported by people like uh, Team Elizondo and others pushing for this to be progressive. 
And so it's massive um, for people that are looking for this topic to be looked at globally in a position where all countries can bring their own data to the table potentially. Now, let's consider that, again, 35 years ago when this was brought before uh, the UN, it was actually squashed. And so the topic wasn't brought forth. Hopefully, um, I am understanding that they're bringing such people as um, Richard Hoffman, and um, also, I'm forgetting his name, but uh, a military personnel will be representing there and recently did represent there. So um, bring the possibility of this being, um, you know, something in our air that needs to be addressed is definitely potentially bringing some urgencies to the table on this topic. Danny Silva, let's get to you on this one because I know this story really intrigued you regarding the importance of the UFO topic finally hitting the United Nations at some point here in the future. It's cool to see something that um, Lou Elizondo has been hinting at and working towards for many years. Um, It's been a big win for him, and uh, that's kind of what it boils down to for me. Um, I would be in wait-and-see mode of what the – UN can accomplish, but I know this was one of Lou's uh, long-term goals that he's been working on um, along with others, and it's just really cool, and it's more of his uh, what he's doing working, and it's amazing. Um, I hope that uh, it gets picked up by the UN, and I don't know, they get some sort of a um, program going or whatever they may do where they're able to investigate it and get countries to work together, because I know that was another one of Lou's goals. He wanted countries around the world um, to be involved and kind of working together. And uh, it's just, it's really, um, it's really amazing that um, the things he's been doing has been working not only in the United States, but uh, internationally. So hats off to him. I get that. And I think it's great too. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's Elizondo or anybody, because the fact that this is going to hit the public, there's a greater chance that the media is going to pick this up as well, Grant. I mean, we want to see this story explode. It may not get picked up by journalists here in North America, but there are going to be journalists around the world who look at San Marino and what they're going to state and say, you know what, we need to cover this. This is a worldwide problem. It's not an American problem. It's not an Italian problem. It's not a Canadian problem or a Brazilian problem. A worldwide phenomena is happening that is now going to be uh, talked about rather than everything else that we hear all the time. Exactly. You know, when it comes to the United States, everybody's watching. And, of course, I live here, so it's us, so to speak, holding the smoking gun. And it's really nice because, yes, this is a global phenomenon. And you hear things all the time. There's different countries. We're not the only ones that are experiences. Canada experiences it all the time. There's certain countries who just don't talk about it, but realistically it is really nice. It's something that needs to be done because it needs to unify us as a whole, so to speak, when it comes to every single country, because we're all in the same boat. People, we are literally in the same boat doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. I've seen things in the sky. I've seen Bob's pictures. I've seen what he's seen. He's not kidding. Every single person on this panel has probably seen something. 
everybody that's listening to us is probably seeing something. Whether you believe it or not, this is happening everywhere. So for them to come out like that, I'm I'm pleased. I'm 100% pleased with it. I'm worried that uh, the, the same thing that happened to Lee Spiegel when he joined the Grenada delegation and came to the United Nations and tried to pass some to the General Assembly will happen again. I'm hoping it doesn't. Me too. Yeah. I've never seen anything. I'm the odd man out. I saw a green light once, but I'm so skeptical that I can't rule out it isn't a drone. But I know that there's enough evidence there to uh, be interested in the subject. I want to make a suggestion. Go out with Melinda Leslie or somebody like that. And after mm-hmm. you do that, you're the, 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 I think consciousness is a quantum field and you're going to be quantum entangled and you're going to carry him home with you. Yeah, and, and Chris Presley yeah. invited me to come out uh, many years ago. You sure? Once I went to Chris's house, I saw stuff all the time. Yeah. You guys, you know, there's a very simple answer to, to seeing UFOs. You just have to want to, and you have yeah. to not be afraid. It, I um, tell everybody that every day. And then I say to people like you, uh, Danny, is just go to Melinda because the, yeah. they're... Go to Melinda. Uh, yeah, because once that happens, once you've been there, or go to my July. Are you in Northern California? No, I'm in Texas. You're in Texas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're near me, I do a big UFO Skywatch every July, and people are literally blown away by the yeah. things we've seen. Yeah, Dang, where, where are well, you in Texas, dude? We got to hang, bro. DFW. I'm in Georgetown. Where's that? Like north of, north of Austin. Oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, my wife is is from uh, Colleyville. Oh, awesome! <laughs> yeah, if you're in the area, yeah. just, just let me let me brag on SOR. I'm expecting the star party for Spaced Out Radio this year. Having all these experiencers who have this stuff happen all the time, I expect it to be a boom over over the area. I bet we see all sorts of stuff. I'm bringing all sorts of cameras. Cool. So real. Real quick, just to kind of reiterate, Lorian, you're you're in Northern California, obviously, right? Right. And so I'm in Southern Oregon, and I've lived in Northern California or Southern Oregon. I've been within one hour of Mount Shasta my whole life. And the amount of phenomena that happens around this general area is yes. absolutely wild and ridiculous. So if you're planning something, I was actually talking in another group of people where they were wondering about doing things with Shasta, the CE5 and stuff. And I've made some calls today, actually. And there's not a lot of people that do that. It's almost to the point where we just got to set something up for other people to experience this. Yeah. Just like science, Bob, science can go out every, science, science, Bob can go out every day and picture this stuff. If I really want to wait long enough, I can do it. I know Dave's seen all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm a weirdo. do, do you guys is, think it matters about ley lines? Does it matter where you're at on the planet? No. Or, or, or if you get all. enough like no. people people no, in no, the same no, area? No, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to alienate half my science friends. Um, <laughs> intent and desire and Absolutely. being at peace and not being afraid is all that's needed. That's right. Certain things do attract them, though. Bob, let's get oh, yeah. back to San. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to San Marino here for a second because we got about four and a half minutes before we got to go to break. Yeah. To me, this is a great breakthrough, and I hope yeah. and I hope that the subject is brought up 
properly with this. When it gets to that level of the UN and those type of high-end meetings, there really is no games that can be played at that point, is there? Um, well, I mean, yeah, as a matter of fact, yes, there is, because the UN is one of the most political organizations in the entire world. So I'm expecting, say, those the certain powers in the United States who are wanting to look at all of this as a threat so they can get a ton of money, they're going to try to weigh in and stop uh, some of this stuff from happening. I mean, that's, uh, that's what happened with the uh, Grenada delegation. I'm worried it'll happen again. That'll be cool. Lorian, your thoughts? Well, I think it's wonderful. But again, I'm on Bob's side of the fence here. I can't see individual countries with their uh, national security and all the things they're worried about sitting there sharing all their information with another country through the UN. I mean, if you think about it, it's going to be like, who's going to spill the beans and tell the truth in this group of people? It's like, how much are you going to tell them about a crash retrieval that you just had? You know, I mean, it's like- which, which country, which country, what, what, what person in the Department of Defense in the United yeah. or, the, or the intelligence community is going to want to go to the United Nations and tell Russia and China how to build a weapon? That's right. Hey That's guys, exactly I brought a bunch it. of like metal materials in my pocket. You know, the, the they're gonna walk through. These alloys will make you utterly impervious to any weapon yeah. and make, <laughs> you, make you cloak to invisibility. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, it's a great idea and good for Lou for doing it, but you know, it's going to be a surface level, you know, basically a psyops between all the countries trying to figure out who's going to spill the beans first <laughs> and who has the most toys. But this is why, yeah. but this is why Lou Elizondo stated many times and Danny, please correct me if I'm wrong. The reason why they wanted San Marino to be the country to bring this to the UN was because they have no secrets to hold. They're not a military cu- country. They aren't a a giant uh, finance uh, country with a lot of money on the line. You know, they, they really recognize democracy and their citizens and the, the voices of their citizens because it's easy. There's only about 34,000 citizens. And that was the importance because San Marino has that type of pull, Danny. I did hear that, but also, um, you know, I don't know too much about it to speak to that. I do know that Lou, just speaking generally, Lou, Mellon, these guys, they've been um, working at this for years, and, um, and I can't say that what was just brought up, you know, about the problems with this um, uh, not coming up. <laughs> but... Um, you know, uh, I would like to think, hopefully, that they've thought about this kind of thing, um, and uh, and and hopefully it's being addressed and they're playing the long game. But I don't know for sure, and everyone's concerns are definitely uh, valid. Tim, one minute, you got the final words on this. Um, I think that this project hugely is important, um, especially in this day and age when we're so divided on not only this topic but just on everything. The world is in turmoil. So if we can possibly unite on this one thing, then I think it would bring our planet together. Yes. Tim is well-spoken, and he gave a great synopsis of this topic earlier as well. 
Well, you know what he thinks before he speaks. That's something I haven't learned yet. Something I haven't learned. <laughs> yeah. That's and he's really handsome, by the way. So It's, it's, it's overrated. Yes, our resident ha- Howie Mandel. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Doesn't he look like Howie Mandel? Let's be honest. Yes. Yes. A be- better version. Yeah. Better version. I agree. Panel, we got another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio before we say goodnight. And when we come back, oh, it's a mystery topic. It's a mystery topic. I may take these guys off of UFOs and get into some serious woo. I don't know yet. I got a few written down here. We'll surprise the panel when we return for the final half hour of Space Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on, and we will be right back. One thing that still baffles me is how um, Elizondo, Mellon, and whoever else has been able to get this far uh, in the United States government. And now they seem to be succeeding, at least possibly with the UN. Um, how they've done this is there needs to be like a movie made about it, just the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I, I, it's really hard for me to even understand how they were able to do all this. They, oh, li- well, I, they, they literally should have had cameras following them. They have not done it unscathed. I mean, Lou Elizondo has paid a heavy price for doing this. Mm-hmm. Heavy True. price. And Mellon, he's just comes from a family that's impervious. That's, that is true. You got that right, Bob. What does that mean? He is the, the he is of the Carnegie Mellon Mellon Bank family. They are. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't know. I don't know. No, nobody, nobody's going to cross them in the government. Like right. like bank like like the federal bank or no no the Mellon Banking Bank and Carnegie Mellon the are University. named after Chris Mellon's ancestor. Yeah, yeah. Wait, let's put it this way, Ben. Just, he's I'm filthy Googling. rich. Googling. <laughs> he's uh, filthy rich and owns part of Chase Bank. Okay. Whoa. I think it's Chase, isn't it, Chase Bob? Uh, I don't know the details. Yeah. So, well, anyhow, so, yeah. You know, I got, and I, I tell you what, though, I got to talk to him in New York at the Anomalous yeah. thing, and he really helped me steer clear of a really ugly problem by telling me not to use somebody to help myself. And uh, I was very appreciative. And he he exchanged uh, proton mails and has reacted and interacted. He is a really good guy, in my opinion. He seems seems like a pretty stand-up dude. He's just straightforward. And his talk... I hope I hope when the, 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 the his talk comes out on YouTube, everybody goes and listens to it, and everybody should listen to the first one that where Gary Nolan gave a talk. That the talk was freaking amazing. I think they're up there already, aren't they? I know the first one is. I don't think the second one is up yet, but I could be wrong. All okay. I'm saying is we need to do a big fish fry, Science Bob. <laughs> you no kidding. I'm I'm ready to come to Texas and go fishing. Hey, bro, if you haven't had Texas catfish. Your big fat uncle going to bring you a fish fry. (laughs) You ever had yellow cat, man? Uh, I love catfish. Oh, dude. Texas yellow cat, man. Mm. Mm. That that comment was really funny. It was hilarious. (laughs) That was hysterical. It really, I was laughing. Wow, I could barely contain myself, Dave, you bum. (laughs) 
Don't blame me. You want to try some? Blame old meaty toes there. You want to try some good catfish, Ben? Go to the Snake River over on the east side of Oregon, and they got some big old blues, and I mean some big oh. blues. Ooh. Mm, they're amazing. Yeah, I grew up in Oregon, and I'm telling you, folks, I've been all over the whole state doing camping, fishing, the whole bit, and, and Oregon is just freaking amazing. Oh, There's nothing you know, like it. I, I grew up in it's Alabama. Beautiful. And, uh, and I, and I, <laughs> I lived there. Growing up in Alabama, oh, my dad was a newspaper guy, and we lived near locks and dams on the Tom Baby River. And uh, occasionally, bad things would happen, and uh, I would get get on my uh, stuff and go down into the river, and I would stay there to help look for things that were missing. And the only problem I had was when a catfish that was bigger than I am flew or swam by me. Oh I'm man, good. Exactly. that'll that'll scare me. Oh, the they're sturgeon. they're terrifying creatures. They're they're like actually yeah. dangerous, like aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, the sturgeon up in the Oregon, like in the Columbia River and things like that. My God, they get to be thirty and forty feet long. They're like submarines down there. Yeah. yeah. Try try Shasta Lake, Shasta Lake out of Redding, California, right there where the dam is. I remember yeah. when I was a kid because that's where I grew up. There was the, there was these guys that would sneak out there at about ten thirty eleven o'clock at night with these these contraptions and they were still cables and they'd run out there and strap this thing to the, the the huge huge railing and they would strap these things down there and throw this bait out and it was just all the way down to the bottom when they started reeling this thing in it was just and they would have some massive sturgeon coming out of that lake. Yeah. I was yeah, on I don't a, swim in that lake. I was on a boat on the Fraser River where if you know the power of the Fraser's uh current this sturgeon we never saw it but it was so big that it was actually pulling us up river. And oh, wow. and then it went oh. underneath a log and swam up the other side and as it was pulling it started to sink the boat we were in we were in a 24 Jeez. foot boat five seconds hold on guys third we're heading for home tonight on spaced out radio i am your host dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us i want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others check out our free archives go to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com. we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, here is our panel from UFOCon2023.com, Lorian Fenton. From the Silver Record, Danny Silva. From UFO Garage, we have Little Benny Jenkins. From the UFO Report, Tim Senor. We call him the Tim Bit around here. Science Bob is here, and from After Hours, Grant Baker. All right, we are going to have some fun here in this final half hour because it's been kind of a serious roundtable discussion tonight. 
let's play a couple of games here. Let's okay, start off with Ben. We're, you're going to get this one rolling here, little Benny Jenkins, as you shove some food in your mouth at that same time. You know, it was just it was just one chip. One chip. <laughs> well, what kind of chip? For- Is your New Year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But there's a cure. Now through January 31st, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Tuesday, January 31st. See Home Club for details. Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. First off. Salt and vinegar. And it's, it's, I swallowed and I'm ready. Do you have ketchup <laughs> chips down there? No. What's ketchup chip? Really? Oh. Is that a Canadian thing? I will bring you some ketchup chips. When, oh my God, dude. when you Let's when go. you meet us at the at our Vegas party, I think everybody needs some ketchup chips at the Vegas party. Yeah. Oh my God! I'm just being selfish though. I, I want to try them too. I'm very excited. All right, I'll bring down some uh, some uh, some ketchup chips for you guys. Chips are the best. Okay, here here we go. I'm the only token Canadian on this whole panel tonight. All of, <laughs> all of you guys are Americans, so. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna bow out, and I'm gonna have some fun here with you guys. And I'm gonna ask you and start with you, Ben. Out of everything that we have learned about the UFO world, whether it's woo, whether it's serious, let's have some fun. What do you want to see come out in 2023? Ooh, Give me your like wildest, that. most outlandish want. Oh, I like that. Oh, I do like that. Okay, so one of my favorite stories that has been a very consistent story because uh, Joe and I, uh, UFO Garage podcast, we we focus more on like experiencer stories. Like we're just very interested in the human condition and like what people go through and the stories. A a very consistent story is of the mantid creature, uh, alien, uh, extraterrestrial. I want to know. If, 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 if that's a real thing, like we've heard of grays, we've heard of tall whites, we've heard of, uh, you know, very human like creatures. Like I, I gotta know that there's, I gotta think that there's some other entity out there that isn't the two arms, two legs, one head. I've gotta, I've gotta think that there's, there's some other entity out there. Like I want to know if there's a, there's a, a mantis type alien out there well very nice i would love for that to come out you want your american dis- government to disclose the mantids yeah very nice well except it's humanoid it has two arms two legs and a head i think i think grant just just uh what? just showed us the the, the mask what we call it insectoid or anacronid yeah. or something like that or anacronid spiders but what what's the mantid called bob i can't remember me either we need our we need our uh, uh entomologist you know we we need our favorite r keith andrews to come and tell us what it's called 
<laughs> there we go. Okay. See, I, I, I feel like there's, there's some context I want to give quickly. Is it like, I think everybody, uh, the masses, right. Would be comfortable. Like, Oh yeah. They're just, they look just like us. Yeah. There's aliens. Yeah. But they look just like us. Don't worry about it. They're here. They're, they're, they're friendly and they don't mean us harm, but like, what if they don't look like us? And, uh, that's okay too. Maybe they're also still not here to harm us. That would be cool. I would like that. Something different from us. I like that. I like that. All right. Let's move on to you, Grantavius Maximus. What do you want your American government to disclose in 2023? You know, it'd be really interesting if they actually disclosed anything of any importance. (laughs) You listen to... (laughs) I apologize for that. Actually, I don't. I take that back. So you listen to people like Stephen Bassett and, and other people that are supposedly in the know. And I guess the drip, the faucet drip of information that we're getting is supposed to speed up during 2023. I would love to see that. When it when it comes right down to it, though, I, I don't think we're going to learn anything of insane value. I've, I've heard different where we're going to have full 100% disclosure I don't think it's going to come from the government, but realistically, as long as the ball keeps getting kicked down the field, I'm happy. I would love it to be kicked more than an inch at a time and and actually start getting some yardage for anybody that's into football. And yeah, it would be great just to to have the ability, you know, we have the sources, you have arrow, you have all these other places where people can now that are working for our military and the DOD and everything else, they have an avenue of, I can report this. The stigma has gone. Let's go for this. And I just can't wait for the, the overwhelming amount of evidence that's going to come out. Give us something specific already. You've been dancing this question. Man, I want to find the dude that pulled up into my window when I was five years old and be like, you could have tried a little bit of a different tactic because you scared the living daylights out of me. Shake my hand. You know, let's have a, a, a ginger ale over this and let's get over it because I want to I want to meet the grays. <laughs> All right. Go- Government grace for Grant after 25 minutes of dancing there. Danny Silva, <laughs> let's get to you. 2023, outlandish or not, what do you want to see the U.S. government disclose in 2023? I'll go with not outlandish. Um, you know, I really want the whistleblower protections to work. You know, we're hearing lots of different things that point. these waived unacknowledged special access programs are just totally impervious and maybe even the whistleblower stuff is not going to work. So that sucks. Um, I, I'd like, if I had my way, I'd really like that to work and we kind of get a handle and get a, get to peer into some of these special access programs. Um, also, uh, just something I'm excited about is what uh, George and Jeremy are going to be doing uh, throughout the year. And um, we know that they have a lot more uh, left in the tank um, for this, uh, this new wave and their new uh, uh, releases. So I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about it, too. All right, let's go over to little Timmy Senor, a resident Timbit. 2023, the year of the woo, my friend. What would you love to see the U.S. government finally announce? 
Right. Well, I'm not the kind of guy that sits around and waits for the government to announce anything. But honestly, what I would like to see in 2023 would perhaps be Lou Elizondo's book come out and rapidly right after that, a, a movie maybe directed by Danny Silva, something along those lines, <laughs> maybe starring The Rock as Lou Elizondo. Pipe, you know, pie dreams, pie, pie in the sky. Why not? Um, but on a serious note, I would definitely like to see some more activity from that group, some more success. I'd like to see this narrative get pushed in a proper way in front of Congress um, without the right, without the wrong narrative behind that, if that makes any sense. I want the real topic to get in front of Congress. Um, and I don't want it to be diluted down by the threat narrative or anything else that potentially could get in the way of the truth. And I love what Danny is saying about the whistleblower um, act. I feel like that is absolutely progress. And so I would just like to agree with what Danny said there, because that's massive. And let's get a mainstream uh, public sighting while we're uh, wishing. Those are always yeah. nice. Yeah, we, we're, we're yeah. due for another Phoenix Lights. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the sidebar you to pick, that. You pick, my, you pick my wish. Sidebar <laughs> to that. Knowing what we know now about UFOs, do you think people would react to a Phoenix Lights type situation differently now? Obviously, it's going to change because of social media. But, Lorian, I want, I'm curious about that with you. Well, uh, I, to answer your first question, I want the government to admit we have a secret space program. That's my question. I mean, my my wish. And uh, the, the answer to that question is, yes, we would act. We would, at this point in time, compared to 1952 Washington, D.C., and then the next big flyover was Phoenix, I would say if it happened again... In any major city in the United States, there's no way they can contain it because we've got everybody's got a cell phone now. In ni- was it 97 for the Phoenix Lights? What year was it? I can't remember. 97. 97. Yeah, the phones July. were not quite there yet. And now it's the cat's out of the bag. If those phones are all out and we get another Phoenix Lights, you guys, that's it. I mean, disclosure will happen for everybody on a consciousness level. That will never stop it again. Honest to God. Yep. That would do it for us. We would have disclosure. We wouldn't need the government anymore. It would just be all over the freaking news on every station, on every in every country, over the whole planet for at least a 72-hour cycle, which is longer than anything gets anymore. But would it though? Don't you feel like the skeptics would tear it up? Didn't we ha- didn't we kind of have we another have Phoenix three, Lights happen three recently? Million people. Three million people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, if you have 3 million people over a major city like New York, I mean, oh my God, that's what, 12 million people or 10 or how about Hong Kong or or somewhere in China where there's 14 million or 100 million people, I don't know. I mean, even if it's just half a million people, it's going to tear it up. I mean, we're going to, it's going to change everything. I absolutely believe that. I agree with that too. Science Bob. You I'd like me. to see that. I, I'd like to see. Um, uh, um, I'd I'd like to see the unification of all the forces in physics and consciousness, so that we can understand how ET is traveling without seeming power. That's what I want to see. Well, Bob, you know, can I change my answer to Ditto to that? 
Yeah, that's part two to my my thing. If we really do have a secret space program, that's how it works. That. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. So you want disclosure of what they're actually using already? And and and, and, and may I add to that? I also want to be a party to the direct construction of two-way telecommunications devices that anyone can use. With and, we'll, and we'll call it the Ansible. Oh, I like that. Well, my and Dr. Leonard Suskin has already shown us how to build the uh, the, the, the Ansible. Well, my wow. dream for 2023, if I look south of the border, my serious one would be I would love to see, and I don't think this will ever happen, I'd love to see the end of the threat narrative. Yes. I realize mm. the threat narrative is about budget and about money. All right. But I think it really hurts the cause because right now there is no threat. The Canadian government the, has admitted there is no threat to the, uh, pardon the, me. The, the, threat, the threat narrative is used because people in on the U S side are afraid of the other side getting access to the technology. That's why the threat narrative. Oh, I understand that. I understand that. But either way, it would be nice to finally see that drop. Now, on a more humorous side, in 2023, I want to solve the mystery as to what happened to Lou Elizondo's chin hair. I miss that chin hair. That little landing strip helicopter pad. You know... That made Lou. And now he just yeah. looks like ordinary, you know, buff guy who could bench press 480 or 500, you know, with just, you know, ease and, and do it like 12 times. But I miss the chin hair and the power of it. <laughs> hey, Dave, can I push back very briefly? Sure. Um, on, on that statement you just made, because Ryan Graves has made a lot of work um, and a lot of effort to get the fact that there is potential flight risk out there for pilots. And I think he holds that close to his his chest. Now, I just want to say that that perhaps has brought the conversation to a level that brought attention to it. And they're using part of this, obviously he was there representing with Hoffman, you know, presenting to, for this to go before the UN. I feel like perhaps I would personally, we, you know, we know this isn't a real thing, but is it part of the dialogue necessary to really get it taken seriously, do you think, by the right people? I think it's about money. It's always about money. It has nothing to do with anything but money. But does it move this topic forward, do you think, as TTSA kind of initially launched the whole threat narrative and then, it, you know, we still see it today? It is lingering off as the root, but perhaps it needs to continue on on a global level just as the underlying reason that we just need to be aware of it because it could be a potential flight risk. You're, you're not going to like what I have to say, Tim, and most Please do of our so. American listeners will, will like what I have to say. The rest Please. of the world doesn't live on threat narratives. Also, if you look at the NDAA, the report that just recently came out, they talked about, and there was actually verbiage in there speaking about flight narratives and supposed, you know, crashes with these these orbs or entities or craft that's in the air. But they have never had not one crash in all of history with any of these. Period. 
and they actually started out with that and then turned around and said, oh, well, you know, they're, they're out there. These things are way more nimble than any of our aircraft by any means. Half of them are probably not even fully in our dimension when we see them. So the crash narrative is completely, in my book, it's, it's not even on the same table. And, and if you believe in Grant Cameron's theory of wow, what bigger wow can you have than fly within a few feet of a jet fighter? And, and yeah. not hit it. And not hit it. Exactly. Right. And I think that they were going, you know, that there's so much space debris that is, as we're looking towards, you know, venturing out into space, that there's so much junk up there as well. And they were, you know, I don't think they were just pushing the UFO in, in this narrative. They were like, there's a lot of stuff up there. It's not just UFO, but we need to be aware of what is up there. So it's not a flight risk as we move out beyond our atmosphere. And I think that that was the kind of narrative that they were pushing forward, that we needed to address this UFO topic along with the drones, along with the space debris. Let's group it all together and address it as something that we need to talk about further. And along those lines, I'd like to see the Federal Aviation Administration and NASA brought into the required reporting mechanisms that have been imposed on DOD and the uh, uh, national, the, the Director of National Intelligence because they're not part of it. I think it's, 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 it's like only supporting the cause of this topic is a worldwide topic. It's not the West. It's not the East. It's, it's everybody. Like, yeah, if we, we talk about safety, yeah, it's our airspace, right? Like, if we're traveling in the in the sky and there's other things in the sky we don't know about, we should probably uh, have a cap well, on that, you right? Know, that's a very interesting topic because, as Gary Nolan pointed out in the movie Phenomenon, under that electron microscope, remember that scene, Bob? Yeah. Where he says... Their molecular structure is nothing like we have here on Earth. Right. And no idea no idea what it's for or how it was made. Exactly. And that is probably, I'm just, I'm throwing out, you know, just ideas here. That's probably because we don't understand their physics. We're never going to hit them. I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. They have something we cannot even understand or or grasp. Honestly, I I believe I'm in alignment there. Yeah, like they're not... They're not going to hit us. I think we're worrying about it for totally different reasons. The other, the other side of that is some of them crash, so they can have well, faults. Fallible. They're fallible. Yes. Do, do you think yes. the ones that no, crash? Do you think the? Yeah. I have a theory. They're, okay, I could be totally wrong on this, but like the ones like that crash like, are are yes. manned by by humans and that don't know how to fly them correctly. Actually, I think the ones that crashed were manned by robots, and we got our uh, cybernetic organisms, and we got our our electromagnetic emanations, and fouled up their equipment. Exactly, Bob. Thank you, because I know that Roswell. I mean, I've been told this by a source I can't even tell you guys about that the reason Roswell crashed is because of the electromagnetic. uh, stuff going on during the storm, but also because they were testing a type Massive of laser radar. and radar at the time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, EMP, EMPs take out a lot of stuff. So, well, why, the, there's no bigger EMP than a nuclear weapon, which is why they're over every nuclear facility. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. 
And they were. They're more afraid of us than we are of them, guys. I think, I think they don't want us venturing out into space, bringing our weapons with us. Yeah. So, uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there there's, there's some um, uh, history saying that there were some unknown objects at the first uh, detonation, the very first uh, nuclear detonation. There were some strange lights, which well, means that. That that this theory that the energy that sorry Dave no no I know where you're going but I have to cut you off because we're off in like yeah. twenty seconds uh, I'll, I'll answer this we know that almost every launch if not every launch since Gemini right up to SpaceX right now has been followed including by Elon Musk saying so out loud yes panel. Fantastic night. Danny Silver from the Silver Record. Science Bob. Tim Senor from the UFO Report. From UFO Garage. Ben Jenkins from After Hours. Grant Baker. And from UFOCon 2023. Lori and Fenton, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate all of you taking in a fun show. Looking back to the month that was, as we're already one down in January, 11 more to go. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter, at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends... We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend like little Betty Jenkins, we got room for them too. Good night. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E, but there's a cure. Now through January 31st, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Tuesday, January 31st. See Home Club for details. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But there's a cure. 
Now through January 31st, join Planet Fitness for just $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after just one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Tuesday, January 31st. See Home Club for details.